What's up, people? Welcome back to the Over in 80 Minutes podcast. This week, I've got another cracking guest lined up, another personal pal that I know from blokes. I can't wait for it. Today, we're talking to Premiership winner with the Exeter Chiefs, Cornish Pirates coach, the Hemore Flyer, the proud owner of MSJ Coaching. Blokes represented, like I said, one of the top, most infectiously happy and positive people I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. I can't wait for him to share his happiness with everybody else. I'm really looking forward to this. Matt, Jess, Jesse, how are you, sir? I am very well. And first, can I just say uh, thank you very much for having me on this podcast. I uh, I have taken a, um, a little uh, listen to a few of your podcasts. And I must say you're doing a astounding job. So well done, you. <laughs> oh, mate, I can't. I, I cringe when I look back at now the weight of the first ones and how much more confident it was. I was, I was telling you before we came on out, the one with Callum, I'm, I was half glad that it had to all get changed because when I look back and listen to the first episode that we did, I sound like a little kid just cry, like you know, when a little kid has to do a school presentation. He's like, "Today I'm talking about how I went to my summer holiday on the beach, and I want." It's like you know when like you watch like an X Factor audition and they can't wait for it to be over, <laughs> like, that. like yeah. really like nervous voice, really that kind yeah. of like yeah yeah shaking. It's like as you imagine like a player initiations is when they've like been in there today and they're like, "Today I'm going to be singing Wonderwall and I'm going to do one chorus and then I'm going to run away." Oh, absolutely! Like old school <laughs> stuff, where it's like, yeah, you knew you had to like stand on the pool table like half naked and down and neck a pint or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. we've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> oh, it's so it's good. But it's like it's a nice thing for me to look back on. I can see it's like it's a weird. It's like self. It's like self analysis after a game, and you look back and go, "I can do that better. I can do this." Oh, the problem is you get. Yeah, the problem is I've got a couple of hundred people also doing the same whenever they watch and listen to the podcast. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No self review, all self review. You can all and and the best thing about it is you can always get better, isn't it? And uh, I think you can do exactly anything, work, life, uh, you know, uh, personal life, whatever. Like review mm-hmm. yourself. You can only get better. Awesome. Uh, exactly. And plus, when you've got friends like mine, they'll be brutally honest with you if they go, "That was a bit shit." <laughs> I know they're not lying, just to mess with me. <laughs> so you know they're not lying. You, you'll know them when they're not lying when you feed them a couple of beers and they start the truth starts to really come out. And you're like, oh, yeah. okay, okay. You said it was brilliant the other day. Nah, nah. Like exactly, that. exactly. That. You said it was good when I asked you about that. Yeah, we lied. <laughs> we just wanted, didn't want to didn't want you to feel bad. Right, okay, nice. Jesse, we're going to get started in the usual fashion. Going to do the quick fire questions. Hopefully, okay. get some talking points. It means your mates when they listen back to this can go, "You're an absolute psychopath for your opinion on that." But it not be fun. So, first answer that comes in your head, just blur it out, and then. If it's questionable, I'll give you a funny look and then the podcast listeners will be checking to see what they think the funny answer is or not. Sounds so, good. Easy Sounds ones. Good. Yeah. Quick fire questions with my Jess. Helps me break it off the YouTube channel. Right. Tea or coffee? Coffee. <laughs> night out or a night in? Night out. Nice. Score a try or make a try save and tackle. As a winger, I probably know your answer. But... Do you know what? I'm going to go try save and tackle. Mm-hmm. Better for the highlight reel as well. Big hits always look better on a highlight reel. Absolutely, especially ones in the corner <laughs> when you corner flag them and you get them out in the yeah. touch. Unbelievable. Yeah, great feeling. Empty them into empty them into the first front, first row of the stand. That's what you want. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially when they're especially when they're an islander, it always looks more impressive when you tackle an islander. Oh yeah, absolutely. And they're the ones you <laughs> save for your highlights reel. Oh look who yeah. I tackled! Look how big he was compared to me. <laughs> Yeah. You screenshot halfway through and make it your profile picture for like a year or two years. Would <laughs> be a year for the rest of your career. <laughs> Mate, if I had it, I'd still have it now. Even if I did it like under 15s, I'd still have it now. <laughs> <laughs> now that would just be embarrassing. Yeah. Now this is me when I was under 15. No, no, you can't do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's your claim to it? Well, <laughs> right, sweets. Yeah, sweets or chocolate? 
Ooh, chocolate. Nice. If you had to get rid of one tomorrow, would you get rid of rugby or dogs? Oh. I'll get rid of rugby. Career's done. <laughs> <laughs> really easy. True. Career's done. Career's done. So rugby's oh. gone. I'll, I'll take the dogs. <laughs> exactly. Dog, dogs are there to cuddle you and make sure it's all right after you've been absolutely battered for 80 minutes. Rugby, rugby really doesn't do that for you. Yeah, right, TV yeah, a TV series or a movie? Oh, good, good. That's a good one. Um, that is a good one. I'm gonna go recently TV series. Mm. Matt Jess evolved would have been movies, but I'm gonna go TV series. Right, there's just so much more, especially with the rise of like Netflix and Prime. There's just so much more to do with TV series. <laughs> yeah, agree. And do you know what? Instead of the continual, you know, like when you watch the movie and you want to try and watch another mm -hmm. movie and you flick it through Netflix, you can't find the movie. If you get stuck into a TV series, you get excited about that next episode. That's what I like. Exactly. Yeah, the 3 a.m. when you know you've got work at 9 and you're like, I really should go to bed. But... <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just dragging yourself into work the next morning. Yeah. Right, 7s or 15s? Uh, 15s, easy. Really? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Uh, if you had to choose one to relax with, if you're just not, not trying to get clean, but you're just trying to relax, bath or a shower? Shower, love a shower. Oh, man, I'm a, I'm a bath guy. You see, like, a proper... Like not not in the mornings, but like you see if you just like I'm getting rid of the world and you deliberately know you can leave your phone in another room, just have a bath, like thirty minutes, yeah. thirty minutes. I, I could say I felt I can see you. Candles, rolled up bath, brass Mate, I, will... I could see brass taps. I could definitely Mate, see brass candles. taps. There we go. Candles we on go. tap. <laughs> Mate, best best birthday present I ever got. Sea salt and sandalwood candle. Amazing. Nice. Mate, Feel the ambience. Make... Mate, it's it's the marine biologist in me. I have to feel like I'm at the beach at all times. Yeah, so I just get sea salt, everything going. <laughs> I feel, I've lost my place. How would you get a steak cooked? Uh, medium rare. Nice. Would you go to a club or a pub for a night out? Pub. Yeah, exactly. Live music in the pub? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you you just wouldn't even bother going anywhere else, would you? you just stay there. Prop the no. bar up. <laughs> no, no, unless Tom Lindsay's got something involved. Then you find yourself in Flight Club. But we'll discuss that later. <laughs> Uh, and then I see, and then I, and that's when I get to first meet you, isn't it? <laughs> Mate, no, I still, oh, I, we'll, we're going to talk about that later, but I'm still yeah, so you. embarrassed. No, I'm so it. embarrassed by that. <laughs> uh, arms day or legs day? Oh, it's got to be arms day. I know Cal said legs day, but I'm all arms. <laughs> um, you, you'll be the favourite coach then when you're not telling the boys that they have to go do squats on a Monday morning. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you had to get somebody's attention, are you more likely to FaceTime them or text them? Uh, text them. Nice. I'm a FaceTimer. I just get it sorted. Are you nice? Yeah, mate. If I if I need to get something sorted, I just FaceTime them. Yeah, it's weird. Nice. It's weird doing. It's weird doing this because I just DM people to get them to come on the podcast. So I'm not used to just sending small texts. So I'm like, yeah, I just want to phone them. But it's... A quick FaceTime. Can you do my podcast? Uh, yes or yeah. no? Uh, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Look them dead in the eye and just now yeah, you have to reject me to my face. The, the pressure of the FaceTime. <laughs> yeah. That's, I, I probably shouldn't have said this. Now every time somebody gets a FaceTime notification from me, they're just not going to answer. <laughs> me included. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Never answering the phone to Sam again. Exactly. Mate, would you, exactly. Bourbons or custard creams? Oh, good one. I'm going to go... I'm going to go bourbons. You're the first person to say bourbons, and that is exactly the answer I wanted. Cause I, really? Because I'm such a... Bour I'm a bourbons guy, like... 
Bourbons, yeah. bourbons and a cup. The thing with bourbons over custard creams is you can dunk them in tea and coffee and they both taste good. Yeah, completely Custard creams are only good in tea. And agree. And I think bourbons as well. If you look, yeah. if you look at them, they're a little bit bigger. Yes, exactly. Mm. Getting more bang for your buck. And that's exactly. what we're, we're all efficient here. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather be a ninja or a pirate? Oh, I've been a pirate. I've been a ninja. <laughs> Did you see it? On, I felt so bad for Cal. I was like, really? Because obviously I knew the podcast is an audio. And he yeah. was like, oh, I'd be a ninja. I was like, Cal, whatever you do, just change your answer right now. And he was just like, oh, I didn't even get it. And I was like, Cal, go on, just say pirate. So I didn't even mean I didn't even mean to put it in as that kind of question. It was generally just you know when you're looking up silly questions to put in on the internet. Yeah. It's yeah. like ninja apart. Like, That's a great question. And then I thought, oh, that, that actually works in two ways. That's really good. Really good. Yeah. Right. Would you prefer sweet or solid popcorn? Um, sweet. Yeah. Correct. And finally, socks and sliders acceptable or not acceptable? Right. Okay. So I think acceptable now. But would I yeah. see myself in socks and sliders? No way. I am like I'm yeah. all out about I'm I'm all about the the sandals, getting my feet aired. I mean, yeah. what's the point in wearing? This is my my thing. What's the point in wearing sliders when you've got your feet covered up? I don't know. Maybe mm -hmm. it's comfy. Maybe I should try it. It's probably going to be one of these <laughs> things. I'm probably going to go out tomorrow, buy a pair of sliders, or order them off the uh, <laughs> off uh, off uh, Amazon. Uh, there are, by the way, there are plenty of other um, things that you can do on the internet <laughs> order from the internet. No. <laughs> Well <laughs> Don't worry, my, 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 spon my sponsor's not taken up by Amazon yet. We're all right. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> the, um, the, the, the day Amazon sponsors me, I'll come back and I'll edit that podcast that I just use it. There we, there we go. There we go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm more of a, more of a sandal man, but I think that's my age. Uh, See, I'm, I'm the same as you. I'm, if you're getting sandals or sliders on, get your feet out. Yeah. But I can understand it post-training. Post because when you, you know when you take the boots off and the first thing like you finish a game, first thing you want to do is take your boots off. Oh, absolutely! Get them <laughs> off. Yeah, completely. Oh, I was like, um, well, that's us. That's us. Finished the quick fire questions. So you survived that bit. Excellent. But, there you go. So yeah, I've got it off. I was like, do you know? So we'll go straight into the Manchester game, the big blokes charity game. Oh, and speaking yes, of that, please. did you have a horrible set of blisters after wearing those Adidas socks as well? Because they were like seven sizes too big for your feet. Yeah, and like, and to be fair, I. Because sometimes I'd usually wear like uh, like the grippy type socks, which kind of gripped to them. Yeah. Obviously, I didn't you know didn't have the uh, scissors or anything to cut them off. So um, mm -hmm. to be fair, I did have a couple of blisters. Yeah, um, not like <laughs> like huge like her. You know, like you know where you'd you know those blisters which kind of just crop up on you. So you take a look at your foot yeah. and go, what is that? Um, yeah. But yeah, and then I was like, to be fair, I mean, I did obviously play that rugby. I did I played rugby the day before, so my. My feet were in bits, and my, my legs were in bits for a couple of days after. But yeah, I did, I did get some blisters. How were your feet? How do they, how do they hang up? <laughs> Mate, my, my, it was the, it was the ball of my foot. It just got so much blisters from the socks being so big. Yeah. So obviously, as it, as it was the crash course last second, I think I was wearing, I was wearing a medium top. I was wearing XL shorts, and I think I was wearing three XL socks. Because <laughs> I was too busy, I was too busy chatting to the boys, like trying to get to know people. Because I hadn't met anybody. And then I looked around and I was like, oh, is that on the kit on the floor? And is it was like, I'll take that one, I'll take that one, I'll take that one. I'll take like one for the, the team. You like the poster man for every type of footballer going, like every size. Yeah, yeah look at Sam Matthews. He's, he's modelling every size going. Exactly. I'm just just a commercial team's dream. Just to see how everything fits. Brilliant. <laughs> right. Let's talk, about the bloke, let's talk about the blokes weekend because yeah. I, I want to talk about your weekend for that because you did double duty on that day. So I talk did. me through your weekend. Yeah, so 
well, well, it started off obviously. What time did I leave? I must have been about yes, yeah, silly o'clock, like four o'clock in the morning. Um, so I left from uh, Tenby in Wales um, and drove to Petersfield, which is yeah. about four, four and a half, four, four, four hour forty-five trip to um, to St Petersfield, uh, yeah, Petersfield Rugby Club, and I did a coaching camp um, for three hours uh for rugby against cancer so it's rugby against cancer against the uh fiji and uh, or pacific islanders uh, like rugby team so they have mm-hmm. um you know uh, all ex sort of like internationals playing obviously with uh, so I, I played on the, the rugby against cancer team and they had some <clears throat> ex-players for them they had dylan armitage um myself um and then obviously you know this group this core group which kind of meet up all the time there's like lads from like Bournemouth um who I who I knew of and played in the leagues and stuff so we all met up and then obviously got ready for the game great atmosphere um raised loads of money um for an amazing charity uh and you know what that was my first outing for rugby against cancer and it was uh you know certainly won't be my last I'll I'll tell you that now um Mm -hmm. but we had a great time um got the game was fast it was frenetic the physicality on some of those, like, I mean, we, we talk about the, you know, the, the Islanders anyway, um, yeah. but like the physicality in that game was unreal. I mean, as soon as one big hit went in, it was like three followed in afterwards. And I was yeah. trying to tell our forwards, look, you know, we're, at the moment we're kind of stepping back into them and like, we line ourselves up. I was like, if you're going to step, I was like, like step and stay square because you're going to ride the hit a little bit more. There must've been about three massive hits. And they were like, <laughs> I wouldn't say there were, you know, they were like close to red card, type, but they were like up here, you know, your proper sort of like, yeah. They were rugby league hits. Yeah. Oh my word. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and I was like, I'm glad I'm out here and not in there at the minute, you know, because I was like stood out on the wing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we had a great time. Obviously, we, we took the win, uh, which was great. Um, and then uh, I managed to stay for uh, um, a fairly short, swift beer afterwards. Uh, met up with a couple of um, a couple of mental health charity type uh, people that obviously know our good friend, Tom. And had some really mm-hmm. good um, uh, connections with Tom, and I was telling that obviously I've come up to uh, to represent the blokes with a football. So yeah, I've watched a little bit of the Lions game, jumped in the car, radio's on, another four and a half hour trip to Manchester, um, where Jeez. I got to see your lovely face lying down on a bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, I can't. I was I was so nervous about that day because I was like, so I'll, for context for people that are listening, the first time I met Matt Jess, I don't remember meeting Matt Jess. I've had the I've had the pleasure of speaking to him on the phone at least three or four times, and he's the most his, his happiness is the most infectious thing you'll ever have. He literally could like he's I was I tell this story when I was, I was telling the story to Tom Lindsay on that night actually. It was when you were asking me stuff about your Instagram page for your coaching, yeah. And I was and you were so inspiring in that, and it was like half ten at night when I finished, and I was like I put the phone down and talked to you, and I was like. I feel like I need to go and run a 5k because I've got so much like energy in me and I was like I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go do it I'm just gonna go run a 5k there we go but yeah so the so on the so on the Saturday the first time I met Matt Jess and uh, I'm still convinced I didn't meet him but apparently I have so no, you didn't what, meet me so I, I met your pants I met your boxer shorts you met, black that night I, yeah I would I would tell you the story about that because my mates still laughed this so so what happened was so we got out we ended up in this really, really old man locals pub in the heart of Manchester. Like, you know, when you open the doors and if you're not a recognised face, everybody stares at you the whole way yeah. to the bar oh, and back. How uncomfortable do you feel? I, I was fine because I, I knew nobody anyway. So I was like, there's just 20 more people in a room that I don't know, which is fine and, because I was... And you're Scottish, so everyone's going to be a bit like, don't mess with him. Because <laughs> uh, if I'm, say, they... accent, I'm like, I can't mess with him. 
Well, yeah, you might you might say that, but then you turn around and see that I'm five for eight, and you think I probably find some chances with him, so he's fine. <laughs> I'll back myself. Yeah, so yeah, so while you were driving up from your second to your second home for the night after your massive rugby match, me, Tom Lindsay, Tom Holm, Tom Holm's Tom Holm's fiance, and Tom Lindsay's wife all went out for beers to watch the Lions game. So while you were in the car, we were all watching it, drinking beers and drinking gins. Because obviously I was tactically, I was like, I've got a game tomorrow, so pints are volume. So if I drink the gins, it'll be all right because it's less volume. Absolutely. Which didn't, it was it was good in, good in practice, off, or good in theory, awful in practice. So we were there, we ended up getting getting disgusting because Tom Lindsay knew he wasn't coming out the next night and he knew he was playing goals. So Tom Lindsay was like, we can have a few beers, we can have a few gins. But then what Tom Lindsay did, because he's an evil conniving bastard, was he stopped drinking. <laughs> he didn't tell anybody else to stop drinking. Because I didn't clock it till we were in Fight Club. And I was like, why have you got a pint of gin and tonic? He's like, it's soda and lime. I was like, what? So why he'd stopped stop? drinking. Yeah. So he stopped drinking. And me and Tom Holm hadn't stopped drinking. So we were then absolutely reckless in Fight Club. <laughs> and apparently, and because, so I was on the mentality of, because Tom Lindsay and Tom Holm had met each other. Like, so they, they'd had their introductions and I'd never met anybody because obviously I'm up here and you guys are all sort of down south, Midlands and then further down. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know anybody I'm meeting in the next 24 hours. So I was like, you can either you can either try firm it and not be your awkward self or you can have a few pints and let the conversation flow. I'll let the pints flow with the, and have a conversation. Absolutely. So was, Why not? So then I was, yeah. So credit to Tom Holm, his fiance, Tom Lindsay, because they're all lovely. They're some of the nicest people I've ever had a pint with. But I was so legless and I couldn't see by the time we got to Flight Club. Apparently I was walking around Flight Club and then you know the classic, you've got something on your shirt and doing that. Apparently there was this like seven foot bouncer. Apparently I just did it to him and I just looked at him and Tom Lindsay was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh no, we get, we, we got to get out of here. <laughs> What's plan yeah, B? But, well, that's what it was. And then, so then Tom, Tom Lindsay took everybody home because as we said, he stopped drinking because he's a sneaky git and just wanted to <laughs> fit all the boys out. So then he right. did that and then we got we got to, we got Tom home back to the hotel, and he was just as bad as everybody else, because everybody remembers from that night. Everybody sees the photo of me because I chose the, the hallway to be a more comfortable option in my bed. <laughs> a nice but, hard flat floor, excellent. Yeah, but that's it. But what but what you didn't realise was while that photo was taken, Tom Holm was currently covering himself in barbecue sauce because he was rolling about in it because he hadn't realised he'd fallen in it. <laughs> and we didn't get to see that. Not even on exactly. The so no, nobody got to see, that. Didn't make the that didn't make the paparazzi pictures. So on my drive back, I mean, uh-huh. you boys have obviously said you know can't wait to meet you for a beer and first rounds on me and all that sort of stuff. Absolutely brilliant. I still would have done that. I wouldn't remember buying it, but <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> and then I was thinking to myself, well, that's great. I'm going to get you know a couple of beers bought for me tonight, and you know you know mix it in with the lads. Got to Manchester, couldn't find the car park for the ibis. Um, I think it was really yeah. the ibis when it was top of that. Couldn't find the car park anyway. Tom, uh, no, I phoned Tom, Tom home. He then phoned me back. I could hear your voice in the background. Going, God, can't wait to meet you, Jesse, and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, excellent, can't wait for this. And I put the phone down going, they are absolutely steaming. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be amazing. Got into the car park, got out, got into the, into, the, um, into the hotel, started to check in. Tom home is fairly sort of just about standing up, stumbling around. Jesse, 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 crazy, and all that sort of stuff. Tom Lindsay's obviously stopped drinking, so he's fairly sober. Yeah. Obviously, I didn't realise this. Jumped in the <laughs> uh, the uh, the lift, got to my room, chucked in the bags. Right, I'm going down for a pint. So I went down, bought yeah. a pint. And then it was like, oh, come to room, I whatever room number was. Anyway, the next right. minute, I'm like, where's Sam? 
And they were like, oh, you can come and meet Sam. So I met Sam in his pants. So basically, I met Sam on the bed. This kind of wasn't even, you weren't looking at me. You knew I was stood in the doorway for some unknown reason. I don't know how you're doing it with your, um, but apparently you do that with food as well. Because uh, the story goes that you have oh, Tom Boy food, sausage roll, yeah. That's it. And apparently Tom <laughs> Lindsay was like, I can't believe like Sam just knows by the little rustle. Because apparently you were just laid flat on the bed. You heard a <laughs> rustle in your bag and you were like, I think the words were, if somebody's eating my food, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I see, I, that that's was, amazing. That that was that was me preparing for hungover Sam because I was like I was on the train and I had like the four hour train journey and I was like I'm not going to eat all this food now, but I know that I'm going to need food if we go for a night out to eat. Yeah, and I was just preparing myself for that and then I just because I didn't know I didn't know we'd eaten it till the next day, but then like you said, you and Tom Lindsay were like, do you remember telling Tom off for eating your sausage roll? I was like, that's where that went. I had no idea where it had been. <laughs> And then, oh. and then, do you remember the sausage roll gate when I, because uh, I, I said, "Oh, did you have sausage roll last night?" You're like, "Yeah." And then I was like, "Oh," because I went when I went down to go and get that pint. I think it was a pint, and yeah. I brought it back up. Uh, and uh, there was a sausage roll in the lift, and I was like, "What the hell is a half-eaten sausage roll doing in the lift?" And I think it was sausage roll <laughs> gate. Whoever did it, I don't know, but it's sausage roll gate. I think it's uh, I think it's Tom Holm. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I quite enjoyed standing in the doorway, kind of saying hello to you, and then within, to be fair, Tom's like, I'm gonna call him Mum from now on because he literally, well, he whipped your he whipped your jeans off within like, yeah. well, not even second. I'd like to say I'd like to say as quick as a Formula One <laughs> strip of cars, tyres off in a, in a F1 race. <laughs> yeah, I have, I, he has no idea how appreciative of my for that because I got such a good night's sleep because he did that. But the only, but it was, it was the only memory I had of me leaving that bar was a roughly hazy memory of Tom, Tom Lindsay taking my pants off. And I was like, so I messaged, because I put the message in the group chat, I was like, guys, if I had a relationship with Tom Lindsay last night, that's fine, but I'm really upset that he's not stayed for a cuddle because he's not in the bed anymore. <laughs> there you go. There you go. One of those. Oh, no, um, I thought it'd be sleepover. I thought it'd be sleepover club, just like boys on tour. But apparently, it wasn't. <laughs> oh my word! Um, but it was it was brilliant. It was obviously because I think it was the next morning, wasn't it? I was like, ah, oh, are you right? And I was like, yeah, I met you last night. Did you? Yeah. Uh, okay. This is all good. Yeah. Cool. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. You're steaming. Brilliant. I was. Can I just I say that? Me... That's, that's something that had to be done. Like when you go to Manchester and yeah. you're doing a. You know, you, you you're representing blokes, and you're meeting you know the guys that essentially you've been speaking to for well well over a year, isn't it? Via social media, mm -hmm. you've not really met them face to face and stuff, but you you know you get a grasp of like what the uh, you know what the sort of um, personalities are like, and you just got to go and, and enjoy those moments, especially when things start lifting and whatever. Just go out and enjoy them. I think it's brilliant. I think it's great. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what I said because I was. I remember like when my missus was there, and obviously we're texting away in the group chat, like we're in the blokes FC chat, and she's like, "Oh, what are you doing?" I was like, it, "Put it this way, it was. It's going to be really awkward if somebody doesn't just put all like just no rules, no rules. You yeah. need somebody to just be that person that just goes any like nothing is off limits. Say whatever you want and just breaks the work, the barriers down." So I was like, "I'm not afraid to make an arse of myself to make everybody feel more comfortable." There you so go, I was like, it? "Right, yeah. I will be the person who's an arse myself." Yeah, make yourself vulnerable, exactly. and then everybody else just goes, "Oh, I'm okay here," you know that kind of thing. Exactly. Well, put it this: way. it ended up with Josh Breen and uh, Chapel in in the Manchester United Rainbow Bars until two a.m. on the Sunday. So is that on the Sunday? And you were there because obviously I because I think I saw yeah. a couple of your messages on, on the group and stuff. And uh, 
Uh, I think because obviously they didn't drink the night before, did they, or did they not? No, they, they all they all arrived Sunday morning. Yeah, that's it. So obviously mm-hmm. that, that that Sunday was their big night, but obviously you were day two. You were like, I'm in the swing of this now. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it was. I took days off work for that. That was that was a week off for me. Yeah, brilliant, man. Good work. Exactly. Well done. Eight, hours, eight hours of public transport. I would, you definitely believe I was having a pint. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was, fairness, I was, I was well behaved on Sunday. I stopped drinking because I knew I had a train, and I was like, "There's going to be nothing worse than a five-hour pack train." Yeah, we, oh, uh, that would be horrific, wouldn't it? Just the heat exactly. and like, yeah, pure gin and tonic sweating out of your brow. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, oh, trust me. This talking about that, the Sunday, I felt, I have never felt so guilty in my life as arriving to that game on the Sunday and seeing that many people. Yeah. Because yeah. I, like, well, I, I didn't think we sold that because I was talking to Tom and he was like, oh, we're struggling for tickets. But apparently we sold so many on the day and like really? two days prior, we got tons. And I was, cause I was saying to Tom, I was like, I feel so guilty sitting in this changing room because yeah. I'm so rough and all these people have paid to watch a football game. <laughs> and to be fair, like, I must say, we, we, we put in an all right performance, didn't we? Like, we, we did all right. <laughs> I I, 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 I mean, personally feel we did all right because like we what what did we get up? We were we three two up at one stage or four three? Can't at one point we were winning three two. At one point That's we were it, winning three, three two. two. That's it three two. Yeah. And and I blame it and I still to this day I blame it on that stoppage. We stopped for so just for people out there who you know three two up thinking right you know and we haven't had the momentum with us. Yeah. And uh, the referee called fair enough though because maybe some of us were struggling. Sam Matthews, um, <laughs> we've we've called a drink break, haven't we? So we've called the drink yeah. break. Uh, we had a bit of a chat, like what's our next sort of thing? And it's one of those where everyone talks about well, talks a good game, but when yeah. you go back out there, you don't apply anything to what you said. Yeah, and within, yeah. within fifteen seconds or twenty seconds, they scored. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and we were like, "Oh, great chat, lads." Um, yeah. yeah, this is brilliant. Uh, Right, let's just ignore the last 20 seconds and we'll just do exactly what we were doing before because that was clearly working. Yeah. So what we just said, let's do the opposite. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, Excellent. Exactly. Yeah, we just did that. But um, no, I, I feel like we'd, um, we, we, I think, I think we, I don't think we sold ourselves sell us short. I think, uh, you know, as a group, we we certainly put a, put a bit of a stint in, put an effort in and just let everybody know that the other team, uh, Connor te- Connor's team, um, you know, had some pretty decent rugby, uh, rugby players. Um, some of them look like rugby players. I was going to say, um, yeah, um, uh, had some pretty decent football players there. So um, I, was, I was convinced yeah. it was a proper football team at one point because the way they were all talking to each other, I was like, surely you guys have done this before. Well, some of their movements, I was like, this is ridiculous. And do you know what? Like, I can't believe. Like, okay, yeah, I gave us a little bit of a, you know, uh, a stretch off and whatever. But mm-hmm. apart from that, all we're doing is pot shots at Tom Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's Tom Lindsay. Yeah. Uh, oh, our, my warm up was getting the balls out the the swamp. Because <laughs> literally, literally nobody was going to get them, and I was like, "Well, I know for a fact that we're responsible for these. So if we lose them, we're the ones that get in trouble." So I was like, "I oh, will get the ball." Yeah, but I was because I was laughing with Tom Lindsay in the car. I was like, because I'm saying it. I was like, between me, you, Tom, uh, a few of the other boys that I knew were carrying injuries. I was like, "There's going to be so much static stretching in this warm up that you've ever seen. Just tons of boys just nursing hammies and calves for like 20 minutes." The first, thing Tom Lindsay, the first thing Tom Lindsay did when he got out there was start stretching up his lower back. I was like, that's what you want to see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what you probably need to do in diving around like an absolute... Well, can I just say that man's like a cat. Um, I know. I, he's, he's definitely one of my... Uh, he kind of, you know, says, you know, puts his hand up and goes, oh, yeah, well, you know, whatever. I'm like, no, mate, you're definitely MOM for me. One of the MOM. Oh, yeah. Um, and can I say, Tom Holmes penalty, like, straight and true, <laughs> straight down. Because I know how... No, I, like, I looked at him to see how nervous he was. So... 
Second yeah. half, if people don't know, there was a push. Referees given the penalty. There was only one man that was taking that, and that was Tom Hope. Um, exactly. And he's, and he's just gone up there, and you could probably see a little bit of the nervousness in his face. And he's just gone up there, whacked it, literally straight and true down the middle of the down the middle of the netting. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like well played. I, I thought it, it was so. It was because it was when we got the first one in the first half, and I was looking at Tom Hope because obviously I was playing in defence. Which is never a good sign when you can see the goals, but it's like, yeah. So when we got the penalty in the first half, I was looking at Tom Home, I was like, is it unacceptable to sub somebody on to take the penalty and then sub them back off? <laughs> Depends what the situation is, you know? Exactly. Like, are we going into a final or what? Or, no, exactly. <laughs> but we managed to get another one in for him. So exactly. Yeah, really, really. Oh, yeah. A quick, quick note on Tom Lindsay as well. Yeah. When, because the game's been recorded apparently, I still don't know when it's coming out. But oh, obviously, really? we had, well, do, you, do you remember those two commentator boys sat in the dump? For, that, that, yes. that's, a, that's another great step. The level we were playing. So when, when I arrived, because me and Tom Lindsay were the first, or I think you arrived just a bit before us. Yeah. And then so me and Tom Lindsay arrived, and these two boys came up to me, because obviously Tom Holm wasn't there. So everybody said, like, oh, Sam's sort of got a hand in it. And I was like, I'm, I have no idea what's going on today, but I'll happily take take any responsibility for the boys. So Please I arrived. Vice, yeah. vice Captain Sam Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think no, Vice Captain was Josh Breen. We gave Josh Breen the honours of captain. Ah, uh, did you? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want the pressure. I'm a keep my head down and silent workhorse character. My man. So, so I arrived, and these two boys came up to me holding Jaeger bombs at twenty to twelve, and they were both in like shirt and tie. And I was like, "Oh, you lads are dressed up for this. It's nice to meet the kids." He's like, "We're the commentators." I was like, "Well, this is going to be great." <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, yeah, we're just, we're just trying to take the nerves off. I was like, yeah, you do that with a bottle of beer, not three gigabombs. Really? Yeah, yeah. Can you? Can, why are you slurring my name, Sam? Yeah. Sam Matthews. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting to look over and say, I have to see one of them just asleep on the other one, just like nodding against them. <laughs> but yeah, so I can't. I, when that comes out, that's going to be getting plastered all over this because there was some proper hilarious moments in that game. Of, but and then we can explain it as well because, like you said, half their team, like there must have been a special deal on like triceps and pecs at that place because. It was. I know. Was, I know. I know. We had a ragtag kit situation, but those kits looked extremely tight. Very <laughs> tight, and like you know, like yeah. Obviously, they had uh, they had they had Danny Andrews playing for them, didn't they? I mean, he was like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's he's built anyway, and then they had the forward. Is it? Is it I want to say Peng, Penga. Pengers or something, isn't it? Yeah. Pengers or something like that. I think it's Pengers tattoos. I think it is a little bit of mm-hmm. a, a bit of you know a little bit of a. Uh, promotion nephew, mate. Um, but, um, he's, he's got like he's, 90, he's got like ninety thousand followers. He doesn't need my promotion. It's ridiculous. I need his. I need his promotion. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can get some of his. Yeah. Some of his. But uh, yeah, he um, uh, he was up front and he was he was stocky as anything, and he was like quick. He was rapid off the mark. He got our breath quite a bit, uh, mm-hmm. but he was rapid off the mark. And then um, who was I marking? Uh, Coots. Yeah, we uh, had jo- Jordan was in between us, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and 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 he turned around. Do you know what? He turned around to me at one stage and he said, "Do you know what? I don't know how you do this." I said, what's that? He went, well, you do this and you wrestle people at the same time, get back up and you still do. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah. I said, that's not a bad point. And I understand his way of thinking. But mm-hmm. also I said to him, I don't understand how you do this. And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, okay. Might not be as physical as rugby. There is obviously yeah. some physical side to the football. I was like, but you run at this 90 minutes. Uh, yeah, it's 90, like 90, minutes. 90 minute shuttles is what yeah, it is. Yeah. Exactly. And I said, Look at the ball in playtime. I said, we've got lineouts and scrums. I said, scrum resets can take a minute, a minute and a half. Well, that's a rest for us back. So I was like, for you guys, it goes out for a throw in. Within five seconds, it's back in. I was like, the ball in playtime is so much more. I was like, you guys are mental. I was like, yeah. I need to be like 45K running around here, you know, whatever. Like not, not you know, 85K or 90K sort of running around um, doing that. So like, it was quite nice to have a quick chat with him. But obviously, mm-hmm. I marked him the whole time. 
Uh, and uh, we had a good, uh, we had a good sort of like tit for tat actually a couple of times, and uh, we didn't manage to foul each other, which is quite nice. Uh, but uh, no, yeah. everyone, everyone come off fairly unscathed. Oh, I was, I was waiting for a red card in the charity game. I was, I thought it was going to be a good one to tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah. Oh, it was a nice friendly event. Six red cards and five. Yeah, six red cards. Yeah. <laughs> what did you get? I said off on the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah, just I don't know. Just didn't fancy it, mate. Just fancy it. <laughs> what was I was a bit more? tired. Yeah, flying headbutt. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know the rules, mate. I just stuck shoulder in somebody. Just yeah, natural instinct took over. Yeah, exactly. I was, I was saying that to um, I think it was Chamberlain. I was like, I was like, my biggest fear walking out in this pitch is that I have to keep reminding myself I'm playing football. Because like, you, like you'll know yourself. Like you just like you naturally get into that thing. Like the team walk out, you're like, right, big hits. No, don't make big hits. You're not allowed no, to do that. Yeah, <laughs> chop tackles. No, tackle with your feet, not with your arms. Yeah. Well, that's, it's like, especially when you like, because I I'm in the forward, so all I'm used to doing is just head down and smash into people for 90 minutes. And then if somebody lets you touch the ball, that's that's a bonus. That's yeah. that's how I play. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so somebody was but, like, oh. be smashing breakdowns for like 90 minutes. <laughs> Sam, what yeah, are you doing? I, You're playing football. Yeah, yeah that's it. I'm, I'm there for turnovers and rocks. That's all I'm there to do. Like my, <laughs> my, old, my old man used to coach my team. And he's like, you can, you're famous in the circle of like the region for being able to play rugby without touching the ball. Because you just do, you have no care for the ball. The only time you want to touch the ball is then hear the ref blow the penalty for not releasing. That's the only time I want to touch the ball. Yeah. You are what we call the workhorse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> never never make it on any highlight. I said it to um, I said it to Tom Holmes' fiance. I was like, if you can get a photo of me touching the balls, I actually prove that I played, that would be grand. Because there, be, <laughs> there will be no photo evidence of it. She's like that. Yeah. Don't just follow me. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but no. So I think we raised something like, I think it was two and a half thousand pounds for tickets on the day. Yeah, it was brilliant, so, wasn't it? Like, um, yeah. uh, I think uh, Tom and uh, Connor had said it at the end um, mm -hmm. in terms of what they'd raised or whatever. And I think there's a few more coming through because I think it was, was it a silent auction, I think, there as well. So, yeah, it was when an people were leaving. For Jack's charity or something. It was for their yeah. kids. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So, um, mm -hmm. oh, mate, it was just, it was just brilliant. And, and the fact is, is that when you do something like that, and it was great to hear everyone talking after, it's like, can't wait to do it again. And we'll do it down sort of like, I suppose, south or whatever but more yeah. more towards sort of like uh you know bristol way and i think um i think tom Lindsay said something about uh you know was obviously using his bristol connections um which would be mm -hmm. quite good but i think i think just something like that and you get a you know you get a taste for it of like what the day was like um and whatever and and and, and obviously the reasons why you do it and you just go mm -hmm. well we need to do more of it and the thing is like you said then i, I didn't realize how big the crowd would have been and then they come yeah. along they enjoy the day you know obviously you know, through this lockdown period, but how good was it for them to come out? Obviously, just watch. Okay, okay. To the to the to the to the purest, it wasn't the best of football yeah. games, but um, it was. Uh, there it there was, was still seventeen right. goals though, so that's what everybody wants to see. Like seventeen yeah, goals in the game yeah. of football. Exactly, and and that's what you know people come to see. You know, people just enjoy themselves and smiles and faces, isn't it? So I think uh, mm -hmm. to to do that and then get um, you know, the, the chat of an, a rematch, for example, is is going to be outstanding. So. Um, no, looking forward to the next uh, exactly. the, the next game. I just need to get fit for it though. That's what that's my that's my that's my request to you. Help me get fit for the next one. Mate, we'll so be in. I'm, we'll be. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna brush up my ideas on the old uh, football fitness, and we'll be yeah. we'll be just going for it. We'll be just exactly. um, yeah. We'll, we'll put like a time slot, like two months prior to the to the to the game, <laughs> and um, maybe we'll do like some. Um, what do you call it? Some some virtual keep keepy uppies. You know, just to, yeah. you know get some ball. You know, touch on the balls and stuff. That'd be great. I know because our last our last team at training was Zoom call. 
just having yeah. a bit of banner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For the beer. Excellent. Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> Everybody was just drinking. We're like, this isn't going well. I'm pretty sure it was a week <laughs> before the game as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is what we're going to do the night before and the night yeah. after the game. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, let's stick to yeah. just drinking beers. What, what about the game? Oh, we'll worry about that when we get there. We'll just hey. worry about it when we get there. Absolutely. Right, mate. I want to talk to you before we talk about rugby because we've just yeah. talked about the football. I want to talk to you about your life outside of rugby because that's why I want to get these people on. I want to talk about their stories. I want to talk about them as people. Yeah. But just before we do that, have you been catching up? Did you watch the Olympics? Did you get a chance to look at most of that? Yeah, I did. Uh, I got to watch uh, a fair bit. I, I say not obviously, you know, sort of like there's, there's been times where I've uh, in past Olympics where you just continually watch or just jump yeah. from there. Uh, Sport, sport, but I've managed to pick up, especially a lot of highlights and stuff on uh, on BBC, BBC like uh, sport and stuff. No, no, absolutely. I think it's it's been good. I, I, don't get me wrong. I think the with everything with the uh, with COVID going on and um, uh, and, the, and no supporters uh, obviously being out there, I still think you know it's great to go out and represent the country. So um, you know, mm-hmm. well done to all the all the great uh, you know, especially Great Britain going out there and getting all those medals. So well done to everybody. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree. Which which sports did you find took your interest more than others? Yeah, so obviously the the sevens I think was very good, um, mm-hmm. and and I think more so, uh, you know, uh, for for both GBs in terms of obviously where they come from, in terms of the, the difficulties they've had, you know, um, mm-hmm. within their, uh, you know, within their program and stuff, and everyone everyone kind of knows that. Um, so obviously that was a that was a given that I was going to watch a bit of that. Um, the diving is unbelievable. Like mm-hmm. some of the, some of those dives, and the, the the team that got me with the the Chinese team, um, yeah. where they had that. I think one of the lads was twenty one, twenty two, or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, fairly young. And the the other his partner um, synchronized. He was um, he's forty odd, and it was his. I remember that. Fifth yeah, or sixth, I don't know, whatever, fifth or sixth sort of um, Olympics, and I was just like, that's ridiculous. If I I'm playing professional rugby at 40. That's outstanding. Yeah. So I'm so I'm at the moment I'm actually looking to get a contract and come back to retirement. I was gonna say you're the coach, you can hire you just hired Cal Sucker, just hire yourself. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, just put my pen to paper. Yeah, no, sounds good. Uh no, um uh yeah, no, so that, you got me really excited of, there. I believed you for a week. I was like, yeah, yes, Jess is no, back on the game. No, no, no. <laughs> no, but if anybody wants to sign me on like a maybe a 25 million a year contract like Lionel Messi, that'd be really, really good. <laughs> Pocket change. I, if that oh, happens, no. I'll become I'll become your agent, and I'll get you so many deals for that. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, there's an incentive for you, Sam. There we go. Exactly. You've got to get me a contract. Um, no, but um, you know that that was a really good story. Uh, obviously, you know, obviously Tom Daly and and, and the rest of the divers for, for Great Britain did great. Um, taekwondo was unreal again. Like, and the, mm-hmm. for me, it's like the the, the small move, the small move is how you score a point, and the the, yeah. the deft touches that they can get. You know. And then their flexibility is absolutely ridiculous. Like it's it's you know, the leg. It's how they like kick that way. But somehow their knee just rotates to kick that, and you're yeah. I have no and idea then how, they, how they flatten their foot to try and you know hit the, yeah. hit the marker and get the score the point. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Like, um, so no, that that was really good. Um, obviously, the athletics, I I, I love anyway. I've, I've loved yeah. athletics for, for for a long time, but. Um, you know, I found that really good. Um, you know, sort of like you know, again, interesting. I think uh, there was certainly a few surprises in there in terms of uh, Great Britain medals as well, which is really, really good. But uh, mm-hmm. no, it was um, it was just again, you know, Olympics, isn't it? You can pick up any sport and just and just sort of like watch it, you know, yeah. because you know they're already interesting. You know, exactly. I find myself getting trying to or claiming I'm professional about sports I've never seen before. Like I, I'm a sucker for the gymnastics. I don't know why. I think I've always been jealous of gymnasts yeah. and just like the sheer body control they have. 
And yeah. I find myself watching like Max Whitlock on the pommel horse, and he's like, it's like his legs will skim the bar or something. And I'm like, oh, Max, that's terrible. You should be doing so much better. And I'm sat there going, like, I think I'd pull every muscle in my body getting onto the pommel horse, <laughs> never mind like trying to do it. Yeah, completely. I think um, just on that as well, because uh, I think it was a, a story from, I think it was Matt Wh- Max Whitlock, where obviously in the COVID, obviously yeah. the COVID period, they, they had like um, obviously all of their equipment in their gardens and they were, they were obviously doing their practice. And it was, um, I think it was on Thursday night, I watched it last Thursday night. They were, I think it was a uh, Great Britain pole vaulter and yeah. how she was in a garden. She had cones set up in a garden and she was um, mm-hmm. doing her sort of um, her run up. And then she had like this sort of half, not even half pole, it was like quarter pole. But mm-hmm. to get the weight of it, I think she'd like um, strapped on like a tin of beans or a tin of something <laughs> on the end of it to like get that, get the yeah. weight of it. So like, and I was like, you know, so you talk about the lengths that they go to in terms mm-hmm. of professional training, but actually once lockdown happens, they just have to, they have to make, make uh, you know, make, make amends. Yeah. They have to try and, you know, think think outside the box. And I, I found that really interesting. Like the fact that they're so dedicated that they're like, mm-hmm. now nah, I can't be bothered to, you know, be inside and sit and watch TV. I'm going to be outside. I've got my cone set up. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they weren't even, it wasn't even like a big long garden. She had the camera done there and she was just, she was just mm-hmm. mimicking what her sort of like pole um, vault setup would be like. And I thought that was just outstanding. I'll t- tell you what, dedication to the cause and, you know, it's sort of like, um, you know, it, it, it sort of like works when 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 you go out there and and you, and you 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 represent you know Great Britain at the, the Olympics. So I think it's outstanding. Exactly. Did you see um? Did you see that video? I can't remember who it was, but it was one of the swimmers, and they had like a pad. They had some sort of like paddling, but you know, like the ones you buy from Aldi, and they're like two, three feet deep. And he had that, and he had a couple out there for kids. In Scotland, all I need to do is just put a bucket outside and give it about three days, and I'll have a paddling pool. Yeah. So what he did is he had this paddling pool and he literally, you know, like the resistance bands, like the props get to train, like holding their weight. He had yeah. two of them and he strapped them over each shoulder and he was just doing butterfly in this paddling pool against these resistance bands. So they were just pulling it back to mimic going through water. That's mad. I know. Like it's the ingenuity of that as well. Like, cause if you, somebody went to you going recreate swimming in an Olympic pool yeah, and all I'll, you've got I'll... is a, is a four, like a two foot by two foot pool. Yeah. I'd be, uh, yeah. I, I, well, I wouldn't even think about the the the, the elastic bands. I'd be just literally going in. I'd be going one stroke back out, yeah. another stroke. This <laughs> is good fitness, Jesse. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah you're not really minimizing swimming here. My my turns would be the only good part of me because I'd just be doing kick to kick to kick to kick to kick. <laughs> and that says if I'm five foot eight and I'm doing kick to kick, then we're doing well. Then you're doing so I reckon really Adam well. Adam Pete's got probably a foot and a half on me. Yeah, because he he got he um did he get gold? He got gold, didn't he? He's got. Did he get two? No, he got one yeah. gold and two silvers, I think. Two silver, yeah. Like, you know, when you have that image, I have that image of him on the BBC and I can see the three medals around his neck. I'm trying to remember what yeah. colour they are. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I know I know he did well. I know he did very well. No. He's, if you're listening, Adam, come on the podcast because I'd love to get your story. Because if oh. that was you, because I know it was a British swimmer, and if it was you, I'd love to understand how you came up with that. That would be brilliant. Right. That would be so good. Talking to this, talking to this ingenuity and willingness to exercise and being outside when everybody else was inside. This is why I wanted to get you on, Jesse, because you, like I said earlier, you're you're infectious with your get out and can do attitude. So where did this attitude towards life come from? Because you are you are the man that's like, for example, it's torrential rain as I'm looking outside my window now, and I can't see the neck, I can't see the neck, I can't see the hills that we normally walk up because it's that foggy and cloudy. Yeah. But I know if you were here, you'd be like, I oh, will just do the, we'll just do the twelve k today, and I I would be convinced that that's a good idea. Yeah, we're just attacking it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't really, I don't really know. I think, um, I, I suppose, I don't really know. Um, I say that. 
Um, I think it's always been inside me. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, throughout your career, whatever, it, 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 I think it's mainly to do with, I suppose, the cultures that I've been around and the sort of like in the professionalism, uh, mm-hmm. home cultures, home life is like uh, very much like a hard work, you know, attitude. Um, and so I think that's sort of like delivered, you know, through my stages in my career. Um, you know, whereas I was never the most uh, talented of rugby players, to be fair. Like, you know, when some, you know, when sometimes you're, you must have friends that are just mm. naturally talented, gifted. They can pick up a tennis racket, you know, racket, yes. you know, racket or whatever. And they're just... I, anno- I annoyingly can see the person as well, which is really <laughs> yeah. There you go. Like uh, you know, I, I I picture like a Henry Henry Slade. A Henry Slade mm. is that type of person that can sort of, sort of like play any sport. And uh, you know, I was never that kind of person. I, I I had to work really hard at my skills and I had to work really hard, um, you know, with my extras and all those bits and pieces. And to be fair, you know, the professional rugby side of things came into me late, and then. You know, gradually, I then realized that if you just keep on working hard, a bit like yourself, you know, you, keep, you get your head down, you just keep working hard or whatever, you'll reap the rewards. And it may not come within the next couple of days uh, or the next year or two, three years, whatever. But if you mm-hmm. just keep trying and then, <clears throat> yeah, I think that kind of evolved then sort of like post rugby, because essentially when you when rugby goes, um, you, you lose, you know, there's, there's something, you know, that, that you've cared for and sort of like passionate about and you've lost. Uh, and straight away, you're itching and dying to get back into, you know, um, a, a form of routine or something that makes you happy. And mm-hmm. essentially, like I liked every aspect of rugby: the running around, the, you know, the the you know uh, the, the the gym side of stuff, um, you know, keeping on top of like nutrition and stuff and all those bits and pieces. And I just then decided to evolve that into my sort of like home life, and then. It was more so the fact that, I mean, I was already doing that anyway, but I wanted to continue it post-rugby. Uh, and then I took up sort of running and because mm-hmm. obviously I, I used to run anyway. Never really run, you know, when, obviously when because you, you're running all the time playing rugby. And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to take up some running. And look, you know, I suppose within that, I was doing that a lot with within COVID because it's anything you can do, like home workouts and stuff, you know, doing like, you know, plate workouts and barbell workouts and stuff like that. And the physical activity, staying physical, you know, massively helps my sort of like my mental health as well, my mind. Um, mm-hmm. And then I just, yeah, I just took upon myself to do a couple of challenges. I did the uh, 10K a day back in last November, which... That was um, ridiculous. Uh, to be fair, like, I think I, sh- I should have really picked, you know, maybe a June, July, where it's quite <laughs> nice. But yeah, November started off with quite, you know, first couple of a week, week mm-hmm. and a half. Yeah, it was all right, not too bad. And then you kind of got up, a bit like you said, you know, you get up to a bit of torrential rain and some fog and stuff and whatever. But um, yeah, I just kind of like uh, started to do some challenges. And then uh, I did the millimeter challenge to, um, with um, uh, Salsa, uh, Salsa Sport and Super, Super Sport Southwest, uh, who were linked with the Cornish Pirates back in mm-hmm. April. So I did that one millimeter challenge, which is, I ended up doing about 10K a day, but it was around about 7K you had to do just as our group. And it was just, yeah, it was just something that I kind of enjoyed. And I kind of wanted to push and um, essentially then I kind of, I suppose, added tagged uh, because I, I felt that um, if people could see me doing something now, listen, I know physical activity isn't going to help everybody. Don't get me wrong. I'm not that sort mm-hmm. of like kind of, you know, guy to go, Oh yeah, everyone's going to get out and whatever. But it, it didn't matter what the exercise was. You could go out and, you know, walk a dog. You can go out and I don't know, go for a swim. You can go out and, you know, uh, go, go for a walk, you know, go rock climbing, whatever. So whatever your chosen activity was, it was more so being outside. <clears throat> and then another big thing of that was actually we are, we're not meant to be indoors. 
you know yeah. we 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 you know we we are creatures of habit and we do become that kind of but like we weren't you know when we were you know evolving we weren't we weren't indoors all the time so it's about being outdoors and i know this pandemic has shut people away and made people very uh, nervous anxious um about coming back outside but it's just about trying to sound like go getting out getting in the fresh air and i just felt if i could like find a find a way of inspiring people um now some people you know, for example, on, on social media, you know, look at a story and go, oh, Jesse's talking about getting up, getting out, getting active again. That's, I can't be bothered with that. Fine, they can just push forward. But I felt like yeah. if people could see that and 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 maybe take up a chosen sport, like I know one of my good friends who I tag in all the time now, he's a, you know, he's gone major into his cycling and he started mm-hmm. off literally cycling on the turbo in his gym. Now he's outside around Devon stuff, like clocking up 30-odd Ks, 40-odd Ks. And, you know, he's doing outstandingly well. And then I've got a, another, um, I used to coach her son, and she's doing oh, barbell, barbell. She's back into cycling. She's into running. She's doing loads of stuff. And you know, she, you mm-hmm. know, her thing was like getting into a, her little black dress. You know, and she had this goal. I think I saw this was, post the other day. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like she was, you know, she wanted to fit into that. And like all she's done is tag on to other people that have like kept her. I suppose it's kept her inspiration, that kept her motivation going. And I just feel like if we can, if we can keep ourselves motivated throughout this mm-hmm. you know, pandemic and post-pandemic. We could all be better people, and we could all look after our minds, look after our bodies in a bit in a better way. So yeah, it's it's been um it's been good, and it's something that I'm going to continue to do. I probably I'll continue doing until I until I put my clubs. To be fair, but um, <laughs> you see me there running a the marathon. I'm eighty five yeah. or something. <laughs> mate, I, would, I, I would not I would not put it past you, mate. If you <laughs> if if somebody would pick a marathon runner in there at like ox, oxygenary age, I'd put my chest down. Yeah, there we go, there <laughs> we go. So um no, it's like I say, it's been it's it's fun, and like you know it's really something really easy to post you know you, you mm-hmm. say a little quote whatever and it's like you know I, I get nothing for it i you know it's not a business that i'm i'm uh, i'm professing for but like it's just something that i find um that you can inspire other people and i think if people pick up on it, it doesn't if you inspire one person you're doing a really good job and i think that's really important exactly well you've worked on me you've definitely made me hold myself accountable yeah my so now... i saw the way you were moving at a football game i was like go on somebody <laughs> Mate, I, I was good for the first 20 minutes and then the, the calf, because this is another thing about the game. I never told Tom home, but so when we were doing the game before, I was like, I'm going to get the, I'm going to get the sprints in and just get, you know, the agile, the five yard pace back. Yeah. And cool. then I did, I did it. And then, you know, like right in the deep part of your calf when it just goes, oh, hold on. And I was like, but this was in the point in the chat when we were having names drop out every day. And I was like, <laughs> I've, booked, I've booked the train. I've booked the hotel. I'm in. I'm, I'm not, I'm not giving up on this now. No. So I was, I was good for the first 20 minutes, then the boy, because we had that physio, and the boy in the, with my calf was like, yeah, don't go back on. And then next time somebody got really hurt, I was like, I have to go back on. Can I just say, we have got that great photo of you, of he was stretching your, your calf yeah. out quite well, wasn't he? I was, like, that, <laughs> that, I, was, I was like, that man's putting a shift. He's putting that a shift hurt. for the lads. That hurt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that hurt. Right, mate. Life away from sport. So when you're not jogging, taking up, per, burning tire holes in the roads with your yeah. 30Ks, your 40Ks, 10Ks yeah. a day. What's what's the Matty Jess relax and relaxation tips? What's his what's his pastimes? Oh uh, yeah, so oh like family time is big for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, massively like family time is really good. Like this morning, um, you know, taking the boys to swimming, you know, was outstanding. Um, and like you know, seeing you know because uh, for me it's like um, uh, you know not missing a moment with like family and doing bits and mm-hmm. pieces. Um, I do like a bit of DIY. Um, I'm not saying that I'm any good. By any chance, but uh, uh, you know, I, I do like to do a little bit of DIY and sort of like um, we've just converted our, our house in, in Tembe, spent a year doing it, and like 
you know, the other day, um, uh, my wife Sarah had uh, brought over or bought a sort of like it's like a yeah climbing frame essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, it was just sitting outside for about two weeks, and I chose I think it was the hottest day of the year to just <laughs> get it out and put it up. And I was like, what am I doing? She actually said to me, what are you doing? I was like. I'm sick of this being out in the garden. We need to get this up. So, yeah, yeah like DIY is really good. Um, a bit, I'll tell you what I'm into now is a bit of gardening. Um, so not so much the planting and bits and pieces, you know, all, all good for the watering the plants and stuff, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, you know, uh, uh, whacking the, um, uh, the mower around the garden and, and, and attending, to the, attending to the lawn. Uh, and I, mm-hmm. I suppose that's my age talking as well. But um, I quite enjoy <laughs> it, you know. Again, you know. Uh, I enjoy- I, I, yeah, oh, sorry, carry on, carry on. No, no, I, yeah, I was going to say, you know, I, I enjoy that side of things. And like, again, mm-hmm. you know, it's just something to get me, you know, in the outdoors. So as soon as it's a nice day and I'm, grass is cutting, I'm, I'm out there, you know. Do you know what you need? My, my missus got me one for my birthday because I'd asked for it and it's a bonsai tree. But oh, she, bought me one, she, bought, she bought me one that's so much bigger than I thought it would be. So it's generally like three foot tall. So I can't, keep, I can't even keep it in my bedroom because it's that tall. So we keep it in the dining room downstairs. But it's like, it's so therapeutic looking after it. I honestly on recommend one. I thought bonsai trees were like that. So did we when we bought it, but she was she said she bought it and this so she bought it and like you know like you say you're expecting something that to come in the post. Yeah. Apparently the apparently the DPD guy arrived just holding this like tree. And she was like, Yeah, this is the bonsai tree. That's crazy. Can I just say we need to go back to the um, Miyagi days and, yeah. and the karate kick days and say that's false advertisement because when he had his tree and sniffing his tree, they're that big. So we can exactly. get a false advertisement there, Sam. Exactly, but <laughs> hey, bigger's better. That's what I tell myself. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> exactly. Right, mate. We're gonna have to talk about your rugby career because it's a pretty fucking cracking one, and I really yeah. want to talk about it. So yeah, sure. you're actually you're now coaching your boyhood team when you started out your career. So how did you get how did you get signed up by the Cornish Pirates? Was it straight out of school? Was it early on? Or yeah, so like you said uh, you had to work hard. So I don't know yeah, whether it no, was a. That's right. So my my best mm-hmm. mate had, um, uh, had secured a YTS deal, like youth training scheme with them, uh, and yeah. I was um, I was still in in college um, doing my uh, doing my studies, and um, I was playing for my local club, uh, you know, sister club, uh, Mount Bay at the time, um, mm-hmm. which, to be fair, had actually just signed a couple of like ex pirate players, so they're, they're fairly yeah. good. At, you know, you can imagine they're like you know 32, 33, still got some game time in them, and. Um, we literally rinsed that league. Like I, I basically stood out on the wing and just scored a load of tries. And it was no <laughs> thing of my own. It was just literally they'd just give me the ball and, I, and I'd run over. And um, uh, I played this one game against Halston, scored about four, I think I scored four tries in the game. And Kev Mosley at the time, who's the head coach of Pirates, was like, look, um, we'd like to get you on loan. And we've got this game against Kendall coming up and we'd like to play in it. And I, I was training with the Pirates on a, I think it was on a Tuesday. And then I trained with Mouse Bay on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get sort of like a you know a really good sort of standard of co- I'm not saying that the mouth is a bad son of coaching uh, and, uh, and I know playing. I know what you mean yeah yeah, yeah. The, so, the higher yeah, level yeah. yeah yeah exactly so I mm-hmm. don't want to you know sort of like kiss the club <laughs> uh, but uh, no it was um, yeah so I did that and then he put me on loan uh, I played against Kendall um, and I well I, I remember my mum watching me and um, uh, this play, this, play, this winger that I was put up against he was six at four and there's me at five eleven mm-hmm. literally ten stones soaking wet. My mum was like, oh, my word, he's going to get absolutely hooned here. And uh, to be fair, I, I did all right, you know. Uh, yeah. ended up chip and chase and playing nearly scored and made a couple of breaks. Um, did all right tackle-wise. You know, physicality, I wasn't really there. And then I was meant to, meant to play the week after against Doncaster. That got cancelled and then went back off loan. Well, then that's that's it. The next minute, he was like, look, we want to sign you. You want a, like a, a youth training scheme for mm-hmm. the year after. So I was essentially what, what my best mate was on. 
Um, so I did that along my studies. And then uh, within that, I got selected to the under-21 squad, England squad, wider squad, mm-hmm. um, with players like uh, Matt Cornwell, uh, Matt Hampson, um, uh, obviously who people would know with the Hambo Foundation. Um, mm-hmm. So I went and did uh, yeah, a stint with the 21s, and then they offered me a full-time contract. And basically, I, I said to myself, do I do – I ca-? so I carried on my studies, had this sort of like full-time contract – uh, mm-hmm. And I finished the, at that end of the year of my studies, and then I took on the option to do another another year with the contract with the Pirates. Before then, um, the year later, I went off to the Newport Gwent Dragons, had a year there, fairly bad injury, came back down to Launceston, semi-pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I dropped down that, out of the, the pro leagues, dropped into semi-pro rugby, and then managed to get myself back up by Exeter watching me that Launceston year. And then next minute, I've done you know nine years in with Exeter. So it all started you know, at, at a good old Cornish Pirates. Exactly. Now you've come full circle. So full you skipped. Circle. Over, yeah, you skipped yeah. over it. So my my old man, he preaches because he went to uni in Swansea, and he yeah. preaches about Swansea and Welsh rugby. So what was it like playing for the Dragons? Like, what is the culture like in a Welsh rugby club? So, so I'm actually coaching in. Uh, so I'm doing a Thursday night in a local mm-hmm. rugby club in, in in here now, and um, it's the culture's good. It's tough. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I remember it always being tough. So this New- Newport was great. And then if you weren't playing for Newport, you go and play for a, like a, a regional club. So I went and played for Abervale. Uh, mm-hmm. Alex Codlin was a coach there at the time. And uh, I must have had about three or four games for them. And uh, I remember playing against Swansea, right? And uh, there's this lad playing on the on the back row. You probably know of him, Richie Pugh. Um, big, <laughs> blonde, yeah, big, yeah <laughs> big, blonde, big blonde hair. And sort of like, well, he was the biggest nose I've ever met in my life. And I was just like, I don't like him like one bit, yeah. like, you know, like that kind of, that kind of player, like he was niggly, he was into your face, you know, whatever. <laughs> and I was like, this is like, welcome to Welsh rugby. That was the kind of thing. Yeah. And then funny enough, the year that I signed for Exeter to two years down the trot, uh, they signed Richie Pugh as well. Well, the nicest <laughs> bloke I've ever met. And like, we ended up being like really, really good mates. And I think you'll find a lot of rugby players will say like, they, they, they judge somebody on the rugby pitch and you judge them off the pitch. And usually when you yeah. judge them off the pitch, they're a lot nicer than they are on the pitch just because of pure competitiveness. Two, two separate rugby, people. Yeah, exactly. Separate yeah. People. It's like, um, what was it? It's me, myself and Irene, isn't it? You know, you get hang, yeah. Uh, hang, yeah, that, they, that comes out. The angriness comes out. And yeah. yeah, crazy. But um, the, the Welsh rugby and the regions, it is just so hard. It's tough. It's, you know, you're talking about, you know, it's almost like, you know, some of the Welsh rugby players can like hit bigger than the Polynesians, you know, and the, mm-hmm. and the, the Islanders, you know, those kind of players. Um, but I just always remember it being sort of like just, you, you knew you were in for a game. You know, yeah. there was no sort of like, oh, we're going, oh, this is an easy one today and rubbing your hands. It was literally like, no, you, your guards are up, you're ready to go. Um, and yeah, I don't think it's much changed to be fair. And I think that's just purely with the culture and the coaches and how people have been coached, you know, that's all that's going to stay in the Welsh rugby regions. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's good. It's, it's certainly challenging. I'd put it that way. It's very challenging. Are the nights, are the nights out still the stuff of legend they were when? Well, to be fair, obviously with, with COVID, I haven't, I, I don't know, but obviously um, one of my, I know my, one of my mates, he went for a stag in Cardiff the other day and he said mm-hmm. it was just mental. He said it was crazy. He said, uh, he said it was really, really good. He said the only thing we had to do was just book tables everywhere. He said, but people yeah. are still absolutely nuts, you know. You get all the people, I suppose, from the valleys coming down mm-hmm. and sort of partying, whatever. And next minute, you're going to find a, you're going to find a group that are a little bit crazy. And that's it, isn't it? You're, you're, you're into full flow yeah. of it. So, um, but um, I remember Cardiff always being a good night out, and uh, I've done a couple of good nights in Swansea as well, which is good. 
Mate, I need to. I've never had a night out in Wales. It's next on my list. That was my you get, mate, first you night out in Manchester. Now I need to go to Wales. You, you can stay at mine, mate. Don't don't worry about it. We'll get mate. we'll get you flow tested at the door, and then you can stay at mine. <laughs> mate, honestly, between you and Cal Circa, I've got about six nights on the south coast lined up now. Mate, amazing, <laughs> amazing. I'll tell you what, you can stay with me. You can yeah. get a. Uh, you can stay with me on the Saturday night. On the Sunday, we could drive down to um, Cornish Pirates together. Yeah. You, could even, you could even train. You could, you could train, interview the boys, whatever, and then on the Monday night we go out. That'd be brilliant. Mate, there must be some YouTube content we can make there for the Cornish Pirates. There we go. There we go. Take your bang average Scottish rugby player and see how he does in the championship. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We could do our recovery sessions in the pool, yeah. like uh, not in the pool, in the um, on the prom when we jump off the uh, jump off the prom. That'd be great. Oh, mate, we, I would be fine because we have um, so we have in our local town here. We used to traditionally pre-season training. We have this massive hill. Yeah. That we have next to our rugby pitch and what we and what we do there when we were playing under 18s is we would have we'd use it for sprints in the pre-season but then once training finished you'd go down to the river use the river as the shower in the bath get yourself washed up and shake we have showers we just use the river optionally we're not we're not that sort of rugged saving water you're tight exactly. you're tight Envir- you just Envir- you're tight <laughs> environmentally friendly and it saved yeah. the club a bit of cash but what we then do is we get these massive bits of tarpaulin cover put them on the hill and we made our own sort of water slides and we do that so that, like they're the best things you can do for it like as soon as you get water in a tarpaulin and just make it into a slide how good is that amazing get oh. your fairy liquid down then off you go that's mate we used to you used to go to sainsbury's two of you in the, like so there'd be one boy who could drive and there'd be six of you at this trolley with yeah. about seven bottles of fairy liquid 12 cases of beer and you just go in and you'd have the you one know, kid who was 18 that could buy it for everybody yeah i, I bet this but, um what was it the the what they call them, the checkout girls or lady or man yeah. looking at you like that I know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. The kids are such, because we live in such a small town, it was just like, yeah, as long as you're 18 that buys it, Billy. Like, you knew it was suspicious when he was coming out and just a bunch of fivers. It didn't just have a lot of cash. You yeah. just clearly the boys had done a rip round, just everybody had a fiver. <laughs> and then you get the odds, oh, there's a couple of quid because he could. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that one that one boy that's giving it all in coppers and like, great, yeah. just yeah. taking that out. Yeah, coppers and five P's. <laughs> oh. Mate, so as you said, you've done my job nicely for me and you've got it hanging perfectly in the background, your Exit Chiefs yeah. jersey. Yeah. How was it how was it winning <laughs> winning the cha- uh, winning the premiership with Exit Chiefs? And then not only that, but how was the mentality because Exit Chief is famous for its team bonding, team mentality and togetherness and Yeah, absolutely. I think um uh, and that and that's um and that's something that's sort of like been uh, from from old as well, like from the days down at the county grounds before they moved up to Sandy Park. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, in terms of the club and, and the culture and, and, uh, you know, you know, staff players, all that, it's, um, oh, what a place to be. Uh, one, well, obviously, you, you know, I don't want to say the divide between Devon and Cornwall, cause that's quite, uh, you know, the mm-hmm. talking about the um, touchy subject. Yeah. yeah. Very touchy subject <laughs> indeed. But, uh, you know, I had, you know, you know, I had 13 good years in Devon and, and nine of those were playing for the chiefs. Um, but it's just, you know, a club that have all strived and had a really good vision you know, it's all cliche, isn't it? When you arrive at a club and you you, you say, oh, they've got a great vision and stuff like that, but they generally have. They've got, mm-hmm. um, you know, a really good vision um, and, and they want to be the best. And they, they've always wanted it. You know, Tony Rowe, Rob Baxter, Adi Hifa, you know, all the coaches, Ricky Pello, always wanted it. And the best thing they've, they've done is their recruitment. So they recruit, re- well, I'm not saying that because I they recruited me, but like they recruit good people. <laughs> good, Yeah, they yeah. recruit good people, good characters. And they, they never did like um you know a london welsh or a bristol and and uh, you know and they, they you know where they go up and they they kind of like pile in a load of experienced players mm-hmm. they've 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 got people they've got people especially in that championship year 
that wanted to make the Prem. You know, they uh, people that have never quite made the Prem, but have had that, like, you know, the, 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 the drive and the ambition to get there and they'll do anything to get it. And I think that mm-hmm. was their key thing. Um, and that was their key, uh, their key ingredient. And then on top of that, all they did then was, you know, over the years, they just tripped for, you know, really experienced people in Tom Waldrum, um, you know, uh, Dean Mum, uh, you know, a few marquee players there. And then obviously the likes of their academy system, Jack Knowles, Henry Slade, Sam Hill, uh, you know, those type of players, mm-hmm. you know, Ben Moon, um, uh, et cetera, that have been there for a very long time. And they've just, yeah, built this culture. And and it makes it so much easier when people then join the club to just fit in because yeah. they within within like the first couple of days, you're going to know the culture, you know what's happening, you know where to sit. You know what to do, what not to do, and um, you know it's been, you know it was it was a great great journey, um, and it certainly gave me a lot of life lessons as well, especially post rugby as well, like more more into my coaching career um, mm-hmm. than anything else, but also just just your, you 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 know your, your afterlife in terms of rugby, you know your kind of your outlook on on things and uh, and and how you look after yourself. So um, yeah, no, absolutely outstanding, and there it is, um, yeah, behind me, sort of uh, mm-hmm. you know sitting proudly on, on the wall. As it should, as it should. I want to come back to your coaching because that's the next stage I want to talk to you because I think your coaching is going to be, I think you're, as a as an infectious person and infectious atmosphere, I think your coaching is going to be even better than your playing career personally. <laughs> I, say, I say that as a guy who has all the experience in coaching in the world. <laughs> a couple of, couple of reps hey, coaching the schools uh, under 15s. But... Mate, you were coaching me in that football. You were sitting in front of me telling me where to go. I quite enjoyed that, Sam. <laughs> That's all I've got. I just had talking because it involved me not running. I was like, if I talk to Jesse, I don't have to run. That's all. Yeah, you're you like Dennis, you're, you're like the old school Dennis Wise in Ch- against you know Mate, playing for Chelsea. Really massive, massive Chelsea fan. If you mention me to Dennis Wise, I'll tear up. But. There we go. There we go. <laughs> hey, and we can get Dennis Wise on over over the um, over in eighty minutes. If you see if if Dennis Wise or Frank Lampard or Gianfranco Zola came on, it'd be the worst podcast in the world. Cause it'd be eighty minutes of me just crying and telling them how much I love them. <laughs> like, you'd have you'd have my old man sat next to me just talking to Gianfranco Zola. I wouldn't get a word in. It'd just be me, no, my dad, and Gianfranco Zola talking. Amazing, brilliant. <laughs> so what was I going to ask you? Yeah, we were talking. So when they were getting these players in and the culture, and you were saying that championship year, yeah, was it very much like a? You said they got players that wanted to be in the Premiership. Was it? And then you got these players in when, so when they're like coach, when they were recruiting, was it almost like not rugby is the second most important thing, but it was your character outweighs your rugby ability. Like you can be the best rugby player in the world, but if you're not right for the coach, you're not coming. Yeah. So for me, um, and, and this is the way I kind of look at it now. So obviously you've got to have some sort of rugby now, some rugby ability. Yeah. There's no point in signing you really. Um, you know, okay. Why have you signed him? He's a good bloke. Good on yeah. the, good on the smash. He is good on the smash. Yeah. That is it. But like, <laughs> Team morale. Team yeah, morale. exactly, exactly. Yeah, he's just going to pump the boys up every every game. He's not going to. Yeah, he's not going to be on the pitch. But yeah, um, for me, for me, it's got to have a bit of both. So he's got to have the rugby ability, but then the yeah. character. Uh, and I think the character is the big thing because essentially, if the guy hasn't got, good, if he's got great rugby ability, but he can't fit in with the squad, well then mm-hmm. you, he's not going to add to that playing. He's not going to add to the team. He's not going to add, you know, to his own personal development because he's become. He's he's so. Um, isolated and he will isolate himself from other people. If you've got a group of players there, well, that, you know, that, that, you know, everyone wants to have that isolation period and go, you know, I just want to be by myself or whatever. You know, everyone has that kind of, you know, those moments. But if he has a collective moment where he, he's in the moment, whether it be training, in games, where he can gel and, and, and be with the squad and know the direction and the blueprint and the vision of the, the squad and then input that, as much as they can, as best they can, skill-wise, execution-wise, 
then you've got a decent machine there. And mm. that was the key thing. So that's what they did. They they brought in quite a few players. And then these players were all like champ players or player at champs, myself, Tommy Hayes, Nick Sestere, all mm. players that are on the cusp, you know, we're on the cusp of sort of, you know, hitting the prem. And yeah. we never really done it. But when you've got 50 odds or, you know, 55 squad members that are, like itching and ready to go. And they're playing against a team that have kind of been there and done it. Well, who wants it more? And it's going to be mm-hmm. the team that are, that that have just missed out or always missed out. And they're the people that are going to want it more. And the big thing that happened that when we won the championship is that, you know, Rob, you know, Rob didn't, you know, reinvent the wheel and go, yep, you're done, you're done, you're done, you're done. Pretty much everyone stayed. You know, I, yeah. I, I'd say, you know, about bar one or two, everyone stayed. You know, and they had, you know, maybe a one or two year contract or whatever. And, you know, potentially some, you know, the wages went up slightly because you're in the Prem. So you you get a really nice incentive then because you're like, you're a Prem player now. You're getting paid, you know, essentially a Prem wage. And you go, right. Okay. Well, and then it's that second season. You know, we got, we got touted with the second season syndrome. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? And I can understand people, why people would because they're like, well, you know, whatever. But actually, when you think about it, these 55 squad members or whatever, however many there are now, okay, haven't had premiership rugby, right? You've now given them a premiership season, the build-up pre-season, blah, blah, blah. Well, what's going to happen now? They are going to mm. want to show people that we want it and we deserve to be in it. And that was the mentality. It was like, you show people, you show Gloucester on the first outing that we are meant to be here, the Simpson Daniels and the Mike Tyndalls and all that. And that's what we did. We won the first game. Yeah. And then next minute, it was like, right, what's the next game? What's the next game? And everything became a, well, we're the underdogs. And you know what? We didn't mind for the first three or four years. But then at some stage, which obviously the part, you know, the, che- the, the extra uh, chiefs are now, they're not mm-hmm. the underdogs anymore. They're the ones at the top. They're the Saris of old. Everyone wants to knock them off. Mm-hmm. And you know, Harlequins did that this year. So, you know, when you, when, you, when you get that, and I think this is why recruitment is so, so special. And it's what I'm learning now with my coaching is that recruitment is so special, you know, mm-hmm. that if you don't get your recruitment right, you could be the best coach in the world, but if you haven't got the cattle to drive your vision and blueprint, well, there's there's no point. And I think you know that's where it goes back to that recruitment side of things. Um, you know, so um, yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. I think the most when I looked at when I look at being a coach, I think the most fascinating bit would be like I, I the way I've always looked at. It, I imagine off seasons are more fun for coaches than during the season because you get to do that. You get to do the scouting. You get to do the player reports. You get to do the the sit down meetings and getting the players in. Yeah, and I think that must be the most fun you can have, especially because, like, I imagine how it went when you guys got Cal in. Like, I've seen the happiness on the face of getting somebody in that wants to be at the club, and something like that. Exactly that, and like mm-hmm. you know, with, with the Cal situation, it was very much. And you know, I kind of spoke to obviously I, you know, he spoke on the podcast. Obviously, I listened to that today, and you know, mm-hmm. and and you know, you, as long as you're having honest conversations with somebody and asking them what they want and, and what they need, and you, you know, I I saw obviously Cal was leaving, and I was just like. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I need to I need to send him a message, and obviously we're, we're obviously yeah. on, the, on the blokes group and stuff, and obviously we know each other that way, and done a few Zoom calls together. But like, I was like, now nah, I need to ask him where's he going. And when he said he had nothing, I was like, hold on a second, what we need we need to seriously look at this. And mm-hmm. I tell, you know I spoke to my, my head coach and Gav Cattle, and next minute we, we looked at a few games. You know, we talked about him. Um, you know, I knew he'd be the right fit in terms of character wise, obviously because I know yeah. I know him, and I think that's really important. And then it's all about the then the player. So you put everything back on the player, right? What do you want out of this year? And mm-hmm. it, he was like, I, I need a challenge. I want this challenge. I want a challenge of, and I was like, that's brilliant. That is exactly what I need. Yeah. And, you know, my, my mentality around things at the moment, and this is why I've kind of, this is what I've kind of learned is that 
loyalty in rugby has kind of gone out of the way. It was it's been start it's been starting to be removed mm-hmm. because of the way that the clubs are going. So everything's a business to a club now, which is fair yeah. enough. Like everything's a business, you've got to understand that. And you know, I so more 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 understand that now. Um, I probably didn't understand that towards my latter years. Um, and my outlook now is actually create a brand for yourself. So, for example, mm-hmm. someone like Cal would, you know, create a brand for himself rugby-wise. But if he, so imagine if he could be the best individual player, obviously he's got to play collectively, but if he could be the best individual player for himself, well, mm-hmm. he is going to make a massive input into the Pirates because he's scoring tries in the Pirates, which exactly. obviously brings a big sort of outlook for the Pirates. Well, both then entities are doing this. So it's a brand it's a business and we're going this way. Excellent. Yeah. So you, you're both working together that way. And then essentially, you know, Cal's a young player. Well, what does he want? He would like to get back to the top and, you know, you know, us as coaches who sit sort of just below the prem. Well, you know, if, if he gets touted the next year and he has a good year and he go, he go, well, we've essentially done a job. We don't want to lose him. Don't get me wrong, but we've done a job and he's created that brand for himself and he's done that himself. So I, I feel like if players now out there and if, if any players are listening to this, then create a brand for yourself, you know, get on your Instagrams, get on your stuff, you know, put yourself out there a little bit, um, you know, show the world what type of player you are, what kind of character you are. And I guarantee if that business likes the brand and mm-hmm. you want to come in, you want to make a challenge and you want to put that, you want to get that club to its, its heights, then you, 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 you both in, in terms of separate entities, but collectively you're going in the right direction. Exactly. It's like we were discussing Lionel Messi before with his contract. He gets the contract because he not only helps himself, but he takes he takes the club with him. I think it was, um, I saw it today, obviously, my interest in social media through my work. PSG gained something like 19 million followers in 48 hours or something like that. Absolutely crazy, isn't yeah. it? And like, yeah, you know, you can there's, imagine... there's only one way that direction's going, is up. Exactly. And I'd like to know, like, you know, in terms of like shirt sales and stuff, like where that's mm-hmm. gone now, you know? And, and, th- and this is the thing, and this is where my mentality, my mentality has massively changed. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I understand the loyalties back in the day, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. because money wasn't a huge driver, but because money's a huge driver, because clubs now have businesses, but, and, and players need to understand, actually, yes, you can be loyal to a club to a certain extent, but actually, no, mm-hmm. create, well, not say no, but like create a brand for yourself. You've look, you got to look after yourself, you know, and that, I think mm-hmm. that's really, really important. And as a coach, you know, because you can go, you know, two ways because you want to keep a player, don't get me wrong, but also, if they're going to fly the nest and leave home, oh, you know, that kind of thing, like, because he's such a good player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to be, but like, God, you know, at what satisfaction would you be when somebody's gone up and they're, they're making, you know, headlines in the premiership and, and you as a coach have had, you know, something to do with that person mm-hmm. or you've given him, you know, a few of those things. So I think, yeah, creating a brand's absolutely massive and I completely agree with you, yeah. Sam. Well, especially if you say, because back, like you said, look, so if you get the right character, Cal could then have, say, like, God forbid, I like I like Cal at the Pirates, I think it's a good choice and it stays, but say if he then does, and then he has a friend who's in a similar situation that he was when he was, for, I mean, in my opinion, unjustly let go, he will then be like, get on the phone to Matt Jess, get to the Pirates, do, stay to the Pirates, because like, he'll, he'll reward the club back to it, he will, he will preach the good word about Pirates, like you said. Completely agree. And, yeah. and, and so that, you know... You know like you said, like loyalty to a club, like it may not be himself being loyal, but in terms of being an ambassador for the club, he's loyal. Exactly. And how and helping the club out. And I think that's really, really important because at the end of the day, if you have if you have this experience and good positive experiences, you're gonna, you know, um 
you talk about things, don't they, in terms of, um, you know, that, you know, going around in full, full, you know, talk about full circle, me going back to the Pirates. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, that is right. So if somebody's had a really good experience there and they've enjoyed it and they know that somebody else is going to potentially have that and gain for themselves, then they're going to pass you on, which is great. So, um, no, I completely, completely agree with that. And I think that's a, that's a really, really good point. Mm-hmm. Right, mate. We're getting there. I wanted to talk about your coaching. Have you, and we're getting really good talking about these people and brand loyalty and players and how the sport is almost, once you get to the pro levels, the sport is almost an afterthought because you have to be a good rugby player to play rugby at a higher level. It's like a given, like you were saying. Yeah. So have you, I was talking about this with Cal, have you ever seen The Coach's Rules for Life on Netflix? I haven't, no. It's it's so good. I, I honestly, I'm going to have to write this down. Coach's Rule. Coach's Rules for Life. It's like, it's a little short five or six episode documentary. Right, I'm in. Okay. But they literally, it's six different coaches and it's like, so you've got Jose Mourinho on there. Yeah, you've got Doc Rivers, who's a basketball coach, and he coached the Boston Celtics when they had their super team. They had Kevin Garnett and people like that. Yeah, okay. So, and they and Doc Rivers says, and Doc Rivers and Mourinho, the two episodes that stick out for me because they basically just went, he was like, it's like you, I'm not here to teach people how to play this sport. Like you gave me Cristiano Ronaldo, the best player in the world at the time. What am I going to tell him about playing football that he doesn't already know? But what I can teach him is how to be in the team and how to be a team player and stuff like that. So. Is that how you approach coaching as a coach? Is that what you're trying to do? Or yeah, I I, I suppose I do, but it, 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 again, it depends because it depends what 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 type of person you're coaching at a time. Um, mm-hmm. So um, for me, it's like if you could if you could give them, you know, because essentially they can all play rugby, but they might have to like um, scrub up on a bit of their development in terms of like a, a, like a, a skill which they're going to have to maybe replicate week in, week out, for example, high mm. ball skills or kicking. So that side of things um, I'm really interested in because if I could change somebody in terms of give them a few sort of, um, you know, pointers or tips in terms of, you know, executing that skill to a better, um, uh, yeah, uh, execute that skill to a better um, outcome, then I will concentrate on that development. Uh, mm. And then it's all dependent on the age. So for example, if you're, uh, and this is why I look at it. So if, if you're around that 18 to, you know, mid, young 20s, you know, you could change things without drastically uh, mucking up their routine and 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 memory, uh, which they've 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 probably inputted to themselves for a long time. Whereas, like a twenty, I feel like the Cristiano Ronaldo scenario, like somebody's mm-hmm. up 28, 29, 30, you're not going to massively change them. And um, the time that you spend to go in there to change that type of skill or that sort of like really small intrinsic part of their their skill skill set, you're wasting your time. You know, mm-hmm. but what you can do is you could sort of like, you know, show them. And I think that's a big thing. So if you start, start to show them, um, you know, some of their behaviors um, and and what they're doing and what you want, so you show them the standard, they are able then to look at something and go, no, do you know what? I understand that. I'm not really carrying on the out, you know, so this is what I'll do now. And I'll start getting the ball carrying on the out, for example, as a forward. So I look at it in terms of like age uh, and their yeah. age range. So the younger they are, the more you can add and input their development. Uh, and I think that's really key. Um, whereas the older they are, um, you know, they've 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 been um, surrounded and used to something that is that is that is in their sort of I say rep- repertoire, you know, for a long long time. Um, mm-hmm. And it's about then for me as a coach, I'd look and go, well, do I need to input that, or or you know, do I need to ask that question to him? You know, so um, for example, you know, a back three player, right? What do you want to work on? Okay, my high ball, high ball skills and kicking. Okay, brilliant. Okay, I need to see you you know, uh, replicate these and do these, you know, for a couple of, you know, uh, you know, a couple of, <clears throat> a couple of clips of you doing it. And then I can take a look and break it down. 
So I think mm. the younger they are, the more you break it down. The older they are, you know, you show them a standard uh, and, and and sort of like, you know, show them the behavior that they want and they, they, they should be able to start to integrate and, and get themselves. Um, and, that, and that's what I like, especially in the development, what, uh, development part of, of coaching. Mm-hmm. No, I couldn't agree. I, I couldn't agree more. No, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> just, just, just now you're wrong, mate. I've got it. I've got it yeah. sussed and you're wrong. Yeah. But like, um, I, I think, I think I like, I like the point that you make, like the, mm-hmm. the, the Jose Mourinho's and stuff like that in terms of the, you know, when you, when you know they've got enough knowledge and they know enough about the game, it's not about coaching them the small parts. It's about yeah. what they do and how they fit into the bigger picture. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that's really key. And that's something that probably I've not had huge amount. I've more, I've more coached in the development side of things. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I'm starting to get used to. Um, and, you know, Gavin, Alan down at the Cornish Pirates, you know, they're, they're a couple of coaches that I'm massively going to learn off from Chris Morgan, obviously, uh, that I could learn off because they've been in that environment a little bit longer than me, but in a more of a, a full-time based environment as well. So, um, mm. I, I'm kind of like, you know, sort of like those little things like that, you know, watching, you know, Netflix, you know, um, <laughs> thing like that for me, it's going to be gold dust, you know, so I, I'm oh. just like a, you know, you sponge it in and you write down notes and stuff. So it's great. Yeah. Mate, I, I have tons of recommendations. I must have completed Netflix during lockdown one up here. So, <laughs> as you know, Scotland was much stricter than England. So we were sitting in your yeah. house and <laughs> your garden was your best friend. Yeah, right. absolutely. Last quick question before we get on to the teammate section and I'll let you get on your merry way. No what would your not. advice be to a young budding coach? Oh, young budding coach. Um, like one piece of gold dust you wish you could give, somebody could have given you on day one of coaching. Yeah. Don't be afraid of making mistakes. That sounds like the best advice. Yeah. I think uh, as a coach, you can overthink and you need, you want things because you're a coach and you know what coaches mm-hmm. have been like, you want things to be perfect. But actually, if you're taking a session and that session doesn't go well to your standard, the players don't know because yeah. they're focused on the game or the, the the skill of the exercise. Whereas you can go back, you can review it, you can write down what I could do better. Um, and don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't put pressure on yourself. Yeah. There we go. Short and sweet. I like that as well. Yeah. Nice. Literally four words. Don't make <laughs> Three words. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, three words. Don't make a mistake. There you are. Get on a t-shirt. Yeah, exactly. then, absolutely. Mate, MSJ, MSJ coaching. <laughs> MSJ yeah. coaching. Don't make mistakes. There you go. There we go. See, always, always thinking on the marketing side. Mate. I was Never. just about to say that's your job coming through there, my friend. <laughs> mate, I'm self-taught. I'm a marine biologist. Like I tell you every time. I'm a marine biologist that's stuck in a landlocked town. That's what I'm done. <laughs> Love it. Right. Matty Jess, I have had so much fun listening to this podcast and we're getting towards the end. Just got a few quick questions to go. Yeah. But anybody that's listening, I mean, you will be listening because it's been impossible to switch off. In a world where you're getting on, be more Matty Jess because I've had so much fun with this and it's so inspiring. That's how that's that's how we knew you were a good book because after you left the you left the football game, yeah. I went, I said to, I said to Tom Lindsay, I was like, if people spoke about me half as nice as they speak about Matt Jess, I'd have a successful life. That's how I know I'm doing. <laughs> Mate, don't be silly. Mate, no, I, I, I'm not Jesse, I, re- I reckon you could have walked up, punched somebody in the face, and never said that he's a top bloke. Like. <laughs> <laughs> top bloke, and that bloke deserved it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what he did or who he is, but he deserved it. It's like, mate, he was yeah. the local priest, and I deserved it. <laughs> yeah, I deserved it. Absolutely. Oh, mate, no, it's, uh, uh, I, I do appreciate your words, Sam, but also you are a top bloke as well, my boy. And also, you, you wear the best boxer shorts ever. Boxing shorts? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> boxing shorts, yeah. I thought you said there boxing shorts. I, I don't remember boxing. Like, boxing shorts, yeah. Uh, if, if the day the blokes ever do a charity boxing match, I know we're in trouble. There we go. 
just have a skin pool before you fight. Exactly. Yeah. Just I'll just get on the same amount of gins. I was dead to the world anyway. I would have been fine. <laughs> Wouldn't feel a thing. Wouldn't feel exactly. a thing. Exactly. Right, Matty Jess, this is the part where I get to have a bit of fun and I get to make some headlines for you in the Twitter sphere, in the Instagram sphere. Okay. So this is my this is the section I call teammates. But I've recently learned that there may be a copyright issue with one soccer AM from the early noughties. So we might have to call it under the team bus. Under so team we'll bus. see how it goes. Because I realise okay. I've completely stolen the name and the concept from them, but it's good fun, so I'm keeping it. I'll just change yeah. the name. Fair so enough. under the team bus with Matty Jess. Okay. Same as the quick fire questions. Yeah. Ask you a question about that. Whichever player comes to your head, just say it out. It can be from your time at Exeter, it can be time for your Newport Grand Dragons, it could be Pirates, it could be anybody that you've ever graced the pitch with. So for example, first one, hardest tackler you've ever played with or against. Oh, Wade Kelly. Strong. What a shot. Wade right. Kelly, yeah. Unbelievable. Fastest feet. Oh, James Short. Really? Yeah. Rapid. Nice. Like, yeah, rapid. Right. Who is a human turnstile? Who can't make a tackle for love nor money? Oh. That's the reaction I like to see when people yeah. just deflate. I'm going to have to say Lee Jarvis. Really? Yeah. Good. I'll make sure I get him tagged in it for the <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Who's most up for a night out? Up for a night out. Must be one of the Exeter boys. Your nights out are infamous. Yeah, no, they were. Yeah, uh, Steno. Nice, Steenson. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's yeah, got his own pub in that, hasn't he? So yeah, he has. Yeah, yeah. No, he's um, yeah, it wasn't for night out spot. On. Yeah, no, Steno. <laughs> and usually it's going back to his uh, his. It wasn't his pub now. It's a standoff, but the original yeah. standoff, which was in his garage, brilliant. <laughs> Did brilliant. he have a pub in his garage? Yeah, brilliant. Love Dartboard, that. everything. Love that. Yeah, Guinness. Uh, the Guinness sort of... Uh, the surge of things, yeah. Surge, yeah. Brilliant. Mm. Amazing. I love that. That's, that's proper rugby, that. That's what yeah. I like to hear. Great. Second only to taking him back to your old like, rural town like clubhouse. That's the only that's the only <laughs> best thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right, following on from who's most up for a night out, who can't handle a night out? Oh, wow. Alan Paver. You answered that very quickly. <laughs> mm, yeah, he's who I coach with now. Look, look, oh, he just, honestly... He'd be really good on this podcast, by the way. He's brilliant. Such a good bloke. Very knowledgeable wait, coach. But put him in touch. Put him a couple touch. of beers. He is. Woo! <laughs> I can't wait for this night out in Cornwall. I'm going to be there. <laughs> you, you'll be in. You'll yeah, be drinking under the table. Yeah. Alan, let me show you a gin and slim co- concoction. It goes down a treat. Just don't <laughs> drink them at half four and you'll be fine. <laughs> right. Who's got the worst fashion sense you've ever played? Who's turned up in some outrageous gear over the years? Oh, Greg Bateman. Really? Yeah. What, we like, t- what are we talking? We're talking jeans and sneans. I mean daily. And yeah. do you know what? He had a really, really good thing because everyone used to say to him, hey, what's the jeans and sneans about? And do you know what? He had a really good answer for it every time. He mm. went, listen, you don't know when you need to break out into a sprint down Princess Hay. <laughs> I was like, fair enough. That's a really good answer. Like, <laughs> so Princess Hay is like the, the main shop. And, and he's like, you just don't know when you're going to break out into a sprint. And I was like, do you know what? If I wore jeans and flip-flops, I mean, how bad is it running in flip-flops anyway? Yeah. Fair enough to the guy, you know? Never know when you're going to break out into a sprint. Fair enough. <laughs> That's, I wonder what he's doing in his spare time that makes him think, of, I need to be ready to sprint it. I know, I know, I know, I know. Licking <laughs> drops or something. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the questions. You just go, yeah, fair enough, but I'm not going to delve deep into that anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Who's the best player you've ever played with skill-wise? Who was the person you just thought you were the most naturally gifted rugby player I've ever played with? Uh, there's only one, Henry Slade. Yeah, oh mate, I can completely believe oh, that. Unreal. Yeah, unreal. I'd love to see him and Finn Russell in a team together. Oh my word, how could that be? It'd be like <laughs> 10 to 13 all the time, or kick pass, and yeah. like, like kick pass, kick pass. Yeah. And... Do you know the one person that would hate it? 
the winger opposite. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he would never... like, I have no idea where the ball is going. <laughs> yeah, the winger or the inside centre because the, the inside. Now we're not crashing up. We're just either going to yeah. miss it to Slady and miss it then to the to the winger. Yeah. We're going to miss a fifteen out. So if you're a fifteen twelve, yeah, and yeah, potentially maybe a couple of the wingers you might be uh, might be struggling <laughs> there. I'd, if I was a 12, I'd just keep running crash balls and just say, eventually they're going to pass them to me. Yeah, they've got to. But just keep <laughs> just, running good yeah. lines. We just say, Finn just shot miss five or something. There'd be a hooker from the previous line that's in the touchline and he'd get the ball. Yeah. <laughs> right, following on from that, who's the most natural athlete you've ever played with? Not necessarily the best rugby player, but who's just, you are a freak of fitness and strength? Oh, I'm going to have to say James Short again. That really? man, oh my word. L- literally, he is one of the most powerful Apart from seeing like someone like Cal now training, mm-hmm. by the way, because uh, he is powerful. Uh, James Short is like powerful, quick. He's just n- just an absolute athlete. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Quality, quality bloke as well. I'm gonna have to get his highlight video up after this because like, honestly, it's ridiculous. You could see it. Oh, <laughs> he's got his mate YouTube. James Short. Some of those tries, unreal, ridiculous. Love it. I love a good highlight. You see when you're bored, just a good highlight montage of yeah, a random yeah, obscure player. Yeah, completely agree. <laughs> I nearly went to remind you the day. So what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, I was I was doing it for research. I was I was on him. Um, speaking of it, I had it. We I didn't get a chance to discuss it in the pod because we were running for time. And the stories were too good. That I didn't want to break the train of thought. But speaking of that, the re- the weird things you can find about athletes on the internet just by scrolling through links on Google. Yeah, and it was like it was one of the things that came up about you. And it was like most notable outside rugby claims of fame. It was like A level in drama, and I was like, as yeah. if he's actually put that for an interview. Absolutely, <laughs> Emmerdale M- Corner Street or East Enders. Listen to this. I think I'm, I'm an East Enders man. I love my East Enders. I've, there we I've go. not watched there it in go. ages, but I love my East Enders. I will walk into that Queen Vic and order a pint. All right, uh, yeah, I love pint, please. <laughs> Mate, I almost believed I was there. You and Danny died. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna make a campaign to get you on bloody East End. This there this little two minute clip is getting put on every bit of social media. Manny yeah. Jess on East Enders. Jesse and the Queen Vic will make a hashtag or something. Oh mate, absolutely. I'm in. <laughs> right. Uh who's got the worst sidestep you've ever seen? Worst sidestep? Yeah. Like you oh. know when the, the prop gives it the old the old tag far along, except it works. Oh, Brett Sturgis. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, he tries it. He's like his head's going everywhere, but his body's not even moving. <laughs> he does that one where he moves his head, but his body just goes up and down. Like this, and yeah. then oh yeah, I've moved anywhere. Brilliant. <laughs> well, he's done. He's just dug himself a hole in the ground where his feet have moved. <laughs> <laughs> he's twenty-one. He got stuck yeah. in the mud. <laughs> yeah, he's managed. He's got those like eight-inch prop studs, and they're still under the ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Who's the biggest joker you've ever? Who's been the biggest prankster in the changing room? Oh, biggest prankster, Kai Horseman. Really? Oh, ridiculous! Yeah, like just any any examples, any just, any ones that you can share. Straight banter. Well, there's two two actually. So <laughs> there's um there's two. There's Kai Horseman and Tom Johnson. Right. Um. So uh, Kai would be just general banter, but like it would be, it would be that bad banter. It would just be funny. So I know. Yeah. Him. And then uh, Johnson would be just pure, like. Oh, just like like little things, but it'd be like action. So, like for example, uh, there was Fishgate one time when um, uh, Sturgey was walking, uh, Brett Sturgey was walking through the, uh, I think it's, it must be on social media, wherever at some stage. Anyway, he's walking through the changing room, and Tom Johnson's like sitting there by the door with this towel. This yeah. absolute trout of a fish is like this big. <laughs> he's run up to him. Somebody's filming him, got it in slow mo and everything, and he's just whacked him around the face <laughs> with this fish absolutely ridiculous and then 
we did spend a good time, right? So Kai would be getting, and I, I can't remember how many we got, right? Basically, after every training session, it was a running joke to basically go and so when Kai would come out of the showers, he'd have his mm-hmm. like old pair of pants, like it was training yeah. pants, like on a, and he'd hook them on the peg. We'd go and hook them off, and you know, like the ceilings which you can just lift up. We used yeah. to like store his his training pants up here. And I'm not <laughs> kidding you. We must have got to about 25 pairs. And he he just he he actually came into training one day and he's like, "Do you know what? I've got no pants left at home. It's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous." And we're like, "They're all up there." Like didn't, didn't realize. Like it went on for about a month and a month and a half. It's mental. Like That's... turn up. To, he was turning up to training commando every, every from from about three weeks on, like trying to buy new pants. Brilliant. <laughs> I love that because I love I love those little pranks where they're not a big grand reveal, but oh. like so, like down the line is like this real like you get that sense of that was worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And do you know what? It was like we in this corner we'd like uh, like uh, Steno, me, uh, uh, Tom Johnson, and we'd all like we'd all take yeah. turns to go and nick the, this pair of pants. It'd be like this anxiety rush, like chuck it into the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the other three are distracting him, just oh. talking about something or other. Can I just say by the end of it, the ceiling was absolutely buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> that horrible little mark that looked like there'd been a leap. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like kinda your cat. Oh, <laughs> right. Who's the best dancer? Who's the one on the night out that's always cutting shapes? Oh, best dancer. Ooh, I would go. I'd have to go someone like an Ollie Woodburn. Really? Yeah, I think he would be because he's like He's quite smooth. He's quite. I was gonna say like there. smooth operator. Yeah, yeah. No, he is massively. Um, definitely an Hollywood Ben. Um, definitely. Yeah. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah. And following on from that, who's the worst dancer? Worst dancer. Oh, cool. Very good question. Uh, worst dancer would be. It's got to be somebody like Kai again, Kai Horton, yeah. because he just dad dances. I feel. I feel like those. What I've noticed is those two questions sort of go hand in hand. Yeah, like the, the biggest pranks from the worst dancers seem to go hand in hand. Yeah, and it's like the two step, you know, like yeah. kind of like two step. And you're like, oh come on, mate, give us something a bit better. Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it'd be be certainly him. <laughs> mate, back to Manchester. You should have seen Josh Green because a bunch of a bunch of drag queens came in the gay bar at about half one, and Josh, I've never seen Josh Green look so scared for his life. Really? Because <laughs> like, obviously, because obviously, Josh Green's a good looking lad. Yeah. And he he, just... he he looked like prime cut beef on a butcher's table. Like he was, <laughs> like like that's how they were looking at him. He got some attention, did he? He did. He was he was the he was the most popular man in there. Oh, amazing! I hope he I hope he went for it as well. In terms of like, I hope he played <laughs> up to the audience. I, I, I was yeah. gonna say, I hope he went for it. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I went I went home. So if he did, we'll never know. But I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> what Maybe happens? In, what happens? And bloke stays at bloke. Yeah, stays bloke. That's it. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, right, worst answer. Who's got the best tunes? Who's the one that picks up the ox cord or used to bring the mixtapes? Oh, uh, I am going to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to say it, Sam Hill. Really? So he's, yeah, he's a wannabe DJ. He's now at South Sharks, <laughs> and uh, I think he's doing exactly the same there. But the only thing with Sam is it used to distract him from his actual weight session, which obviously yeah. the SNC staff used to just absolutely go ape on him because he'd be he'd be more he'd be more worried about what song was on what tune was on before we go change it over but i mean to be fair he had some good tunes and i think exactly. he's 
think he's doing a bit of DJ now on Spotify. I think um, I will have to try and correct that. But um, no, Apparently. very, very good, very good. Sam, if you if you want to make an intro song for this, so I can stop using the generic one off Epidemic Sounds, that's grand. There we go. There we go. There we go. You can pro- I'll let I'll let you promo as well. You can just say Sam Hill DJ in the middle. <laughs> I, do you know what? I'll toughen my bath I'll see what we can do for you. Mate, I I I just enjoy helping other people out. So it's a bit of fun. Yeah, like, this is a show. The, 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 the logo's are Fiverr, so we're doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. See, if you if you've convinced people, it's worth itself. Worth it. It's worth itself. Worth. Yeah. It's like in, so I've seen in Kung Fu Panda, be like, what's the special ingredient? He's like, nothing. I tell people it's special, so they believe it's special. <laughs> so like, act yourself worth, and that is yourself worth. Absolutely. Right. Future coach, who's one of the players that you've ever coached or played with that you thought you're going to be a coach? Oh, Phil Dorman. Really? Yeah, yeah. Just mm-hmm. uh, not only his his rugby ability uh, himself, playing wise, but um, yeah, just his knowledge around the game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's. I know he's. I think he's a lower league club at the moment. Um, uh, Sidmouth, I think it is. But he's yeah, just like uh, I all thoughts myself. And I, I coach him university stuff with him, but he's just yeah, just like knows the game inside out. Um, very good. Um, just, yeah. Loves his rugger. Yeah, loves his rugger. Yeah, mm-hmm. fair enough. There we go. Uh, who's hard as nails? Who's the person that you thought, if there's ever a fight going on, I want you to be stood next to me? Oh. Yeah, there's a, well, there's a couple you could choose on here, but um, Dave Ewers is... Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Oh, my word. Like, <laughs> the hands like shovels. Um, but can I just say, one of the one of the nicest guys in rugby... Um, and like, if there was a scuffle, like it would have to be a scuffle for him to get involved, um, mm-hmm. or you know, obviously just trying to back you up because he's that much of a nice guy. But um, yeah, oh, if I need, I need him on my side. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be, he'd be, he'd be on my right shoulder without a doubt. I, I can imagine that. I, yeah. I, when I when I played, that's what I was looking for. If I was ever going to start fighting, I made sure the hardest person in my team was stood next to me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right, getting to the last few. Who uh, who hogs the mirror most post game? Who's the one that if he knows he's got a wee TV interview, is there getting the hair gel in, making sure it looks all right? Oh, Nolsey, without a doubt, Nolsey. Yeah, um, yeah, he's getting the hair gel out. He's getting his uh, lotion on. Uh, he's making, <laughs> making his, the tattoos his, pop. Making yeah. that t- tattoos look, look good. Yeah, no, definitely Jack Noel. Jack Noel is uh, yeah, yeah, and and for good reason. You know, he's a exactly. good bloke, and you know, he's, he's uh, talk about brand and getting his brand out there. I know he's got to do it, but. Um, yeah, the only guy kicking about in a Red Bull scrum cap. I think his yeah. brand's doing fine. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So uh, no, definitely novelty. No, if Ferris Val looked like him, I'd be spending ages looking at him. Right, last one. Don't know how familiar you are with Nando's, but who's a teammate that would order plain the plain level spice? Oh, um, that's, I tell you what, that is hell of a question. That is hell of a question. It's a toughie. I'm going to go. He, he, I used to play with him at. I used to play with him at Pirates. A guy called Kipper, Kevin James. Kevin James. Kevin James. Welsh. Can't uh, handle his spice. Can't handle his spice. Not at all. No, he would definitely be. He'd be definitely on the uh, the, uh, the plane without a doubt. Without a doubt. Nice. There you go. You have survived teammate questions, or under the team bus, depending yes. on which copyright. Under the team bus. I like under the team. Under the team bus. Under the team bus. There you go. Yeah. Officially you, what, under the you, team you bus. need a voiceover thing as well. You need a, we are playing under the team bus. Well, that's what we'll do. When I get the sponsors in and they get all their stuff done, there we go. they can go on soundboards, they can go on a backdrop, yeah. so I'm not showing my bed. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I'll do? Do you know what I'll do? I'm going to get, at the next Bloops game, 
I'm going to get everybody to sign it and I'm going to just get some sort of partition. I'm going to get the blokes signed up. Oh, that would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, and then I'm just going to collect shirts. So I'm just going to ask everybody to send me shirts. Yeah. So you and, you and Cal will get me a Cornish Pirate shirt and it will go up on the wall. Absolutely, we'll do that straight away. I'll fund it as well. I'll even pay for it. <laughs> yeah. I'll help the club out. I'll help the club out. Come down for a night out. You'll be you'll be wearing on back on the train. It'll be great. <laughs> I don't think I'll make the train, mate. Where are you going? I'm getting a train to Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah. I just I need to go that way. All I know is I need to go that. Just pointing north and just I'm going go that up. way. Yeah. yeah. I, need to go up. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a lift. Up, please. <laughs> I still got nightmares about that hotel Ibis lift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say sausage rolls everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Right, Matty Jess. Final question, and it's yeah. the only question I gave you a chance to prepare. You've yeah. just had a massive team win. You've been given tunes. You've got three cheesy pop songs to get the team ready for a night out. What are you choosing? Uh, okay, so my three choices are Black Eyed Peas, I've Got yeah. a Feeling. <laughs> I, I love that song. Yeah, i got a feeling. Yeah. Um, and then I've got uh, one that's a bit out there. It's more so because I like it. Wayne Wonder, No Letting Go. What a song. What a brilliant what song. What a song. <laughs> what a what brilliant a song. song. Thank you very much. I'm glad I, I'm glad I got that reception. And my last one, um, there was two I was trying to tee up for, but I'm going to go for this because every time this comes on in the car, I am, I mean, I'm turning everything up. Yeah. Like if, uh, you know, if my wheels have fallen off, I ain't going to know until my car's you know, <laughs> dodgy steering yeah. because this song's going up and it's moving too fast, moving too fast with Romina Johnson and Arvel Dodger. What a great song. That is, that, is an, that is an elite three there. That that's, is. That's up there. I think that's uh, that's not bad, is it? No, I think you've smashed that because you've got you've got a few you've got some unique ones in there as well. You've not gone for the like some of the stereotypical ones that people pluck out. So I quite like that. Yeah, gone a bit. So, yeah, gone a bit. Exactly. I wouldn't say yeah, yeah. No, I like them. I like them. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to probably listen to all three of them before I go to sleep tonight. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to add them to the playlist before I go to yeah. sleep tonight. Yeah. I can, you, I... can you add them to the F, uh, the blokes FC playlist, please? Absolutely. Can I say, can I say <laughs> that is so on the way up. From Petersfield to the game, I was actually yeah. listening to the blokes playlist. Unreal. <laughs> I listened back to it and I didn't realize how I'd managed to merge pre-game and post-game so well in a pod. So I was listening to it, I think it was untouched by the Veronicas. And then it went into Jay-Z, get that dirt off your shoulder. And I was like, what a contrast of emotions that I now have listening to yeah, these songs. Absolutely. Mate, I'll uh, get them right. added to the blokes playlist straight away. Please. Right. Do. Ladies and gentlemen, that is officially the end of the podcast. I have overran, but that's because I was having so much fun that I kind of went fuck the 80-minute rule. There we go. Right. Before we leave, we're gonna do a, we're gonna let you guys know once again, this podcast is still brought to us by Wild Haggis Protein. These guys are incredible. Like I've said in the previous weeks, I contacted them to get in touch on this podcast because that's how much I believe in them. I've been using their stuff long before I even thought about doing this podcast. And to prove that I'm not doing here, I've got no notes. That's all his teammates' questions there, which you can't even see in the light. This is how much I believe in them. I like them as a company. I think they're great. You can get protein, fat burners, BCAs. They also have their own fitness range, including exclusive women's leggings, which are top quality. And there's some mental designs on them. And I believe they're making them in men's as well. If they told me something right, I might not even be allowed to say that. So it might be an exclusive. If that's the case, Callum, sorry, but it's how we do it. It's good. Guys, like, share, follow, subscribe, watch, listen, tell your friends, tell your dog, tell your mum, make her sit down and watch it. That helps me more than anything. Leave a like rating right on the podcast. Matt Jess, where can they find you on social media? Uh, so social media is just at Matthew Jess uh, on Instagram, at um, Jess 14 on Twitter, um, MSJ Coaching on Instagram and uh, Twitter. Um, yeah. 
He's at MSJ Coaching. That's us once again. I look forward to seeing you all next week. Go Pirates, and we'll see you all soon. Thank you very much. Bye.